North-South Connection, it's Friday, and even though it's WrestleMania Friday, you know what that means, it's time for another episode of the AEW Podcast. Pause all the WrestleMania stuff because I am here, Jordan Duncan, your co-host, along with my friend, Andrew Reich. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, why are you pausing WrestleMania? Well, I am so excited. I think it's already, what, eight nights long? <laughs> April Fool's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh. Maybe we can maybe we can banter about it. There's there's a few like interstitial things we could talk about related. I mean, I was listening to uh, Mike Rossi's uh, chit chit chat on the North South Connection about the the indie version of the WrestleMania week, and he said there's like 56 shows Holy in the state in the in the Fort, Dallas Fort Worth area. He's like, wow, wow, that's a lot of shows. That's something that AEW I thought would have kind of. They're doing the landscape they're, of. You they're know? doing one we can talk about later, but um, but it's not AEW. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, but it's but yeah, they they haven't That's done that yet. Of honor, yeah, yeah, and which I is don't a think pretty they, loaded card. We can go. We can run that down we, when we get there. We'll get there. But yeah, right. And I don't think they were planning anything in 2020 in Tampa. I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, I think they. I think that if they had planned, because here's the thing about WrestleMania weekend, is it's become like this giant. Like the way I picture it, it's like this giant barge and all these other indie shows are like the barnacles that kind of stick onto it. <laughs> right. You know, like, and I don't think AEW wanted to be seen as like a hanger on. And I think right. it's kind of a smart move to not leech off of that because then you and, already and look smaller by comparison. And let's be you. real. Like we're going to get to a, uh, we, <laughs> AEW is going to get to a point kind of uh, where they have their own hangers on. Yeah. Where if yeah. they have their big show, like we could transition to that to like just a general question. Like, do you feel like AEW at this point in their in the long form short history, do they have a Super Bowl? Do they have like a WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be all out, huh? Yeah, because of Chicago and yeah. how lucrative the market is. Well, they already kind of have some hang around shows like wasn't that Starcast? Like Starcast all, yeah. was the was the one for all in. It's not really um, another wrestling show, but it's a wrestling thing that was kind of linked in with. AEW, so yeah, but the WrestleMania location is like destination because they know that's where all the wrestling yep. fans are. Yep, yep. You yep. know, when I went to New Orleans, same thing. You could you could go to Dallas and see a crap ton of wrestling and not watch a single second of WWE and probably mm-hmm. be fully satisfied. You know, like yeah, especially when they had NXT really rolling. Yeah. Uh, like I could go to a takeover, be happy, and yeah. go home and watch. WrestleMania at the time on a, on Sunday. Are you, now it's two nights. Are you suggesting it's not? Are you are you not a fan of uh, NXT mainstay Dolph Ziggler defending his title? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, and we don't have to talk about the the two point oh one. It's called Stand and Deliver. They're doing it in the American Airlines Center. <laughs> I know they can probably do the setup to make it look full, but that's going to be difficult. Like yeah. the time, like the day, the time. I don't know, man. Like that. I just hope that doesn't die on a vine. I, I get Herb Abrams booking the MGM Grand vibes out of this. One. <laughs> well, I mean, it's called Stand and Deliver, so maybe they got a trick up their. Maybe Edward James almost is going to debut. In. <laughs> maybe AEW needs to up the ante, and they need to have a two night pay per view. Yeah, also named after like a high school movie, like Lean on Me or something like that. Yeah, AEW Lean on It'll Me. It'll be called. It'll be called fucking stupendous. Yeah, exactly. Okay, listen, we try not to talk uh, WWE too much on the show because, again, if this is your first time listening. This is our 15th episode. We are an AEW podcast. Me and Andrew get together every two weeks and uh, 
spend uh usually we plan for like 90 minutes we usually go more to two and a half hours because there's just so much AEW stuff to talk about and it feels like even when we're not in a pay-per-view there's still a crap ton of stuff happening um but i think we've done a pretty good job of staying away from wwe bashing but i need to uh dip my toe into that water for a second um so you watched the go home monday night raw episode correct i did did I, you uh, I I I I div- I, I divvered it, so I, I was uh, able to actually fast forward it instead of doing the Hulu thingy. Gotcha. So you may uh, have skipped something then, because my son and I were watching. My son's fighting. Uh, he's had a fever for like on his birthday. He had a hundred and two fever. Oh. And uh, we were watching WWE. And did you see the segment with Vince McMahon and Seth Rollins? I did. <laughs> I did. For, first of all, first of all, if you know the meeting is for nine a.m., why do you show up at seven? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also, Vince McMahon is a billionaire. Why is he writing on a yellow legal pad? And was he like doing Sudoku? What was happening? That was <laughs> one of the most odd. He was actually booking WrestleMania. That's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. That's why he was so busy. He was like, oh my God, WrestleMania is Saturday. Oh, oh. So <laughs> he, he's, he found out it was two nights and he got really pissed because Saturday is usually when he books the show. He's like, I'm going to have a show done by Saturday. So give me the fallout of the segment. So essentially the storyline has been, and this is like, I listened to the post wrestling reviews. This has like been the storyline carrying Raw for most of the build up to WrestleMania. And it's Seth Rollins doesn't have anybody to fight. I'm not and, booked. Yeah, and every week he kind of gets like a chance to get in, and he loses. So he's apparently on this losing streak. And Vince McMahon called him to the office, and Seth. Here's the part. One part that didn't make sense. Seth is like giddy, happy, dancing, and he's like, "So you're gonna fire me, huh, Vince? Huh, huh? Like, why are you? If you thought you're gonna get fired, why were you so happy to go there? Why would you show up three hours early? It made no sense. Anyways. And Vince is like, by the way, Vince's speech now is like, you need, so you need I, the I closed captioning. You, um, <laughs> I don't know if you listened to his Pat McAfee interview. Oh, yeah, it's um, hard to it's, hear, it's, man. It's, 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 that's what I was going to say. It's an interesting interview if you can get through the grumbling. Like, right. like if you can make sense out of Like, he has this one quote where, um, and they're actually making a shirt, made a shirt out of it where they says, you know, if you think I'm an asshole, I guess I'm an asshole. Yeah. Which is the only honest thing he said in the whole show. <laughs> He sounds, you know? he sounds kind of like Aaron George's Stu Hart on the place to be Christmas shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so Seth is hoping, hoping, hoping for this, and Vince yeah. gives him an olive branch. Yeah, he says, why, 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 why didn't you ask me? Ask me. Ask me. Yeah, I've been knocking on your door for the last three months, Vince. And Nobody then the, answers. Then Vince, I don't even know if this is scripted. He goes, I'll give you a main event. So Seth Rollins now with a main event matcher. They have eight main events at WrestleMania. <laughs> one That's, for, I mean, one for every hour. Can we have? <laughs> I, I love how there's like all this chit chat of, oh, what's going to close the show? What's what's the main event? It's like it's two nights. Right. There's two main events. Right. The last match is the main event. Right. And uh, so essentially, Seth has an opponent that he will be find out who it is when he's in the ring, and this kind of brings us full circle back to AW because the internet rumors are that I believe will probably wind up being true, is that it's going to be Cody Rhodes making his debut at WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Cody leaves AEW and he gets to fight Seth Rollins. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope they. I just hope that they, they rehearse it. I mean, I, I hope it's not one of these, like, 
oh yeah, we didn't really plan this at all because we had we were sworn to secrecy and we couldn't get together to practice the the, the moves yeah. and stuff, and it's just a shit show. But you know, that's just WrestleMania in a nutshell. Like I, a lot a lot of that. <laughs> Wait, one of the one of the other ones that they had going for Raw was that Kevin Owens might talk to Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until they finally decided, oh yeah, we're going to tell people that Steve Austin's there, but he didn't. The, you know, Steve didn't commit to a match, so Kevin Owens do... has a lot more tattoos than I remember. I saw that too. His yeah. right arm is completely tatted, yeah. like like it's a big it's a big time tat sleeve. It looked good. It used to just um, be that that Brahma bull. Was like the only thing he used to have, and like that's like totally yeah. covered now. And, and maybe it's the presence of AEW being uh, for for me. Like I enjoy watching it more on a regular basis. Mm. Um, even before like we were doing the show, I had just always enjoyed watching it. But like for WWE, especially when it's we get to big shows like SummerSlam and um, the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Uh, after the luster wore off on the return to live events, it got to a point for me with. The WWE is that when they get to their quote premium live events, I only watch really the the stuff right before to mm. catch up, just to see how things are going. Sometimes I'll go in cold, cycle yeah. like I haven't watched any catch up of it, and I'll just watch the premium live event and see what happens. Yeah. And I know, probably won't even be watching WrestleMania. I don't. I don't have a Peacock Peacock subscription, well, so. I'll, I'll say this, and not to get too far off topic, you know, it, it is kind of tied in because Turner Turner's been doing the NCAA tournament, and it's actually hurt the ratings on both ends, especially Rampage. But, um, anyways, Duke and North Carolina is going to be at the same time as WrestleMania Night One. Yep. And yep. Duke North Saturday Carolina night. is going to get a mega rating. Yeah. Mega on TBS. Coach so K's we'll possible up. last match, uh, last last game, oh, last match. <laughs> it's his last. I'll never retire, just like Ric Flair in 08. <laughs> He'll take off his sweater vest and leave it in the ring. <laughs> He's gonna have to slap the floor, right? <laughs> but no, that uh, for, I mean, for those who don't know, uh, like the NCAA tournament final four, it's in, it's actually in the Superdome, and it's it's big programs. It's Kansas, Villanova, North Carolina, and Duke. And yeah. Carolina and Duke are sworn rivals in the same conference. It's like probably the most. Um, decorated rivalry in college basketball, and say, it's going to be on so, yeah. Saturday night prime time, the same time as night one of WrestleMania. I mean, Coach K is hanging it up no matter how his team finishes. So this, if this isn't his last game, he's got one more. So it's one of his last two games ever. First time, like like you said, most storied rivalry in college basketball. First time they've ever played each other in the Final Four ever. Yeah. So I mean, there's and, uh, a lot. To it's a this. very it's a very vincerific way of doing things. Huh? Yeah. How we make it bigger? Let's put a title on it. Yeah, it's also a bit terrific in the sense that somehow North Carolina is the under is like this big underdog. It's an eight seed, yes. but that'd be like that's like painting Roman Reigns as the underdog, you know? So correct, correct, and they 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 course corrected that, thank God. But that's the big big one for obviously those who know wrestling. It's Roman Reigns or Brock, right? But if Again. yeah, if uh, Coach K goes out and wins, that leads us to our first question. Let's get back on the AEW train. Uh, perhaps Coach K will celebrate uh, his final victory uh, in the same way that Sammy and Ty Conti celebrated uh, Sammy's TNT title victory. <laughs> Andrew, question for you. Have you ever been <laughs> – this is your question, by the way. It is. It was my question. <laughs> Have you ever been so proud of something in your life that you physically attained that you slept with it in bed, not counting your wife? <laughs> my um, My high school degree. Oh, okay. When I when I graduated, I slept with. Now I've now being old now, I sleep with things in my bed that I don't even realize. Yeah. I actually slept on top of my remote 
clicking buttons while Will Smith was bitch slapping Chris Rock <laughs> on the Oscars. So yeah, I miss a lot of things just because I'm old. So yeah, I uh, I, pr- I printed tablets, out and, and tablets and phones. I printed out my <laughs> Welp. I printed out my Welpy Award and, and slept with that. <laughs> So we're making light of the fact that um, there was a segment involving Dan Lambert uh, and the Men of the Year bragging about winning the T- the co-TNT champions because there's two yeah, belts. Yeah, and Dan Lambert Dan wears the, the second one. The, <laughs> one. the Cody one. Yeah. And, uh, and wear it on his waist, which is boss. And, yeah. um, and Sammy and Ty seem not perturbed by this because they have proved they, – they wanted to brag about the fact that they – I guess I'll just say it. They had sex with the belt. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they pulled a they pulled a page, but yeah. um, <laughs> don't look that up, kids. But not um, Hangman Adam Page. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's an I in the middle, yeah. and um, and the they put out on Twitter the picture, and it's yep. it's sultry. It looks like something out of Last Tango in Paris. It's a little and, uh, <laughs> Shawn Michaels Playgirl esque. Yeah, yeah. Now, if, Co- if there was a picture of Coach K with the trophy like that. We need to call the police. <laughs> I'm not. I can't handle that. Yeah. Especially New Orleans. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I'll gouge my eyes out. They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in New Orleans, everyone finds out. Yeah. Who was it that poked? Justin, Justin Timberlake tried to cheat on his wife in a balcony and was caught within seconds. Who poked out Ray Mysterio's eye in WWE last year? I'd ask them to do that to me if I had to see Coach K nude. That was uh, Seth. Seth Rollins. Either, either, uh, Buddy Murphy, the formerly Buddy Murphy. Yeah, why? How come he's not wrestling Ray Mysterio's eye at WrestleMania? <laughs> he's too busy wrestling Lucha Logan. Yeah. Logan Paul. Yes. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, the only the only luchador who's more white trash than Fuego del Sol, Fuego del Sol. <laughs> <laughs> who had a match but on no, Rampage. Uh, I, did, yeah. I did go to bed with my high school degree. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm kind of like you. Uh, the older I get, the more stuff seems to be accumulating in my bed, such as remotes and just extra pillows as well. Like we have this thing called a bone pillow. It's like shaped kind of like a dog bone, but you like put it on your neck to like kind of have yeah. proper alignment. And I have a like neck that. pillow as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my bed right now. I tape in our bedroom and looking to see a couple extra blankets. You know, back in the day, I was lucky if I even had a sheet on my bed, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> or, or or the kitchen knife that my wife hides in case I get crazy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, again, we are an AEW show. We will get to AEW more in depth as the show goes on. Uh, we've done a pretty good job in 15 episodes before we really started bashing WWE heavy. If you are a WWE fan, we hope you enjoy WrestleMania weekend. I'm sure being there live will probably... It's one of those things. Being there live takes away a lot of the taint of a bad show, you know? Um, I, I went to WCW Nitros in 2000, and they were fun live. So anything can be an excitable experience. So if you're if you're there, we hope you have an awesome weekend. Uh, hit up some of right. the other shows, support some of these other... Uh, uh, indie shows and, and, and the events. Dallas area is big, so yep. it's going to be hard to tr- like travel between them, and I understand that. So you have well, to make a choice, and especially since it's two nights now, like that kind of eats right. into the indies and stuff, you know? Because yeah, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think it's WWE intentionally trying to hurt the other companies. And then there's the Raw after. Yep. I mean, I'll be watching the Natty, the national championship game on TBS. I, I, by the way, it is only on TBS this year. Oh, okay. So maybe they'll maybe Dynamite what will get a bump if... off of that. What if Veer debuts during the national title game? 
<laughs> is Mikey is Mikey Ruckus going to do death metal versions of their fight songs? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, but no, you know what? What about? I mean, we have seen a. If you've been watching the NCAA tournament, which if you look at the ratings, it looks like a lot of people have, especially yeah. the St. Peter's going on a magic carpet ride. Yep. Um, as a 15 seed and getting to to the elite eight, so Peacock's all elite. Um, <laughs> the the um the thing is like. We have seen a lot of promotional material for AEW between the, the commercials. Do you think we'll see AEW star? They're going to New Orleans like in the middle of April. Do you think that you'll see any AEW stars show up for cross promotional segments? Mm. I don't think so. Other than maybe Danhausen cursing Coach K. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I I don't I don't think that they would do that. I'm not sure. I mean, I think AEW would be all about it. I don't know that the NCAA would really. I guess it's maybe more of if if it's something the network wants to happen. Right. Um, the Turner the Turner people. Yeah, like AEW yeah. would be fools not to be able to jump in on like you said these monster numbers and and the tournaments been pretty exciting. Other I, I think the Elite Eight round was kind of duds. It felt like every game was kind of like a you know. But right. Prior to that, it was a. It's been a pretty good tournament so far, like the St. Peter's um, Peacocks run and stuff. And we haven't had any buzzer up, beaters, though, have we? They should have had. What they should have had is that when they won, like when they. I don't know if you've seen the TBT, which is the basketball tournament, where they do a thing now where when you win, you move your team on the board, like, mm. and you slap it on the board. They should do that with. They should have done that for all the teams that won the Sweet Sixteen to go to the Elite Eight and sing the BTE song. <laughs> B elite B, B, B elite. elite. <laughs> AEW should have that. They should just have a board. And whenever a tag team wins a match, they go slap their name on there. That would be funny. Yeah. I, I would go for that. Uh, if AEW had an elite eight, we ain't got that much time sure. to cover. But like, I think we'll have like-minded ones. So like, just hit me with them. Yeah, I mean, like, well, outside the, the cream pillars. of the crop in AEW. Yeah. So I mean, well, who are the four pillars you got? Uh, Jungle Boy, Darby, MJF, and uh, who's the fourth pillar? Sammy, right? Sammy Guevara. Okay, so four more besides that. Um, I'm going to try and stay away from guys that were like big. Like I'm going to stay away from the elite themselves, you know? Okay. Uh, I say FTR, which I know is kind okay. of a weird pick. Um, oh, duh. Obviously, the uh, Blackpool... Uh, country club. Or, yeah, the Blackpool Country Club, the Blackpool <laughs> Combat <laughs> Club. I mean, they'll tear every pillar to the ground. I think. Is that a Mar a Lago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, hmm, kind of threw me in the spot there. Uh, those are two of mine. I, I really think, and FTR, not so much in terms of being pushed, but gosh, every time they have a match, they're freaking awesome. I mean, one of the best mm-hmm. matches of the last two weeks was. Dax in a singles match against CM Punk. It was yeah, so I'm good. with you with uh, Moxley and Danielson. Yeah, um, the other ones I would say Punk and Hangman. I I'm, I'm yeah. kind of basic. Yeah, I mean I guess you got to go Hangman. He is the champ and probably will be the champ for. But the it's foreseeable. hard. Like look at Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, MJF. Yeah. I mean it's not easy. My br- my brain always goes to Miro, but he's been off TV for so long. I feel like I can't. I just I know once he comes back, I'm gonna love him again. He I really this- really like. Him. He signed an extension. Yeah, that made me really so, happy to see because he's been gone so long, and he said in some interviews, like, oh, I'm healthy, I'm ready to go, and he's not on. So it got me a little nervous, like, oh, 
is he like done? Yeah, we'll, you know, <laughs> we, we'll have we'll have our rumor mill uh, throughout the show. But the other ones are who who inked up new deals with AEW are uh, all ego because a lot of these deals are coming up. Like Tony said in an interview, Ethan Page, uh, yep. who you really like. Yep, I do. And um, Brian Cage, which kind of surprised some people. Yeah, that sounds like that was like an option that he didn't sign so much as the company just had Picked the option to do it, and they did like just to keep him. So I don't know if that's just them stashing him. So somebody else can't yeah, use him, but keep him in the castle, pissing out. Right. Yep. I mean, they're kind of building this little Haas division, though. If they wanted, if they if they optioned him with the hopes of bringing him around, I mean, we got Keith Lee and Hobbs smacking each other around now. You got Wardlow. Like they could have a super heavyweight division that could be whole lot, as Biggie puts it, a whole lot of meaty well, men well, slapping that, meats. That would be that would have to mean that Wardlow would have to be signed by AEW, which we That's know he true. is not. Yeah, he is a rogue free agent. <laughs> right. That little he pig is, Wardlow. He has, he has been he has been put on load management by MJ. Yeah, and MJF just keeps calling him a pig for some reason. It was such a like biting insult. Like, call him what, a at pig. one point he called at, at one point he called him picky. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder if we're gonna this, get like Miss Piggy is all elite. <laughs> Kirby? Well, she's got a slap like Will Smith. That, okay. Pick your best can, slap. Miss Piggy, Will Smith, say, or can, William. Can you say Lee. Canadian Destroyer in Miss Piggy's voice? <laughs> Canadian Destroyer? <laughs> all right, Andrew. Who would you rather get slapped by? Will Smith, Miss Piggy, or William Regal? Oh, Will Smith. Yeah, that was kind of because, a weak slap. Because that, I, I mean, not and not to, not to condone it, it was not cool but that was a movie slap yeah oh yeah like, regals was whew. yeah i mean he he gets the bike he gets the bottom of your chin when he slaps mm-hmm. the one he gave wheeler yuda was hard yeah yeah which i mean let's let's talk about that let's go right into that i mean we're not going to give you match by match results because we are a two-week show so like to give you the the move by move about a dynamite from two weeks ago, I think it's kind of wasted, wasted breath, but we do kind of just kind of share our opinions. And so one of the first matches we saw with this Mox and Danielson team, and you and I both gush over them, uh, was against the best friends, Wheeler, Utah and Chuck Taylor. And Wheeler was, yeah, Wheeler was getting fired up and the crowd figured it out and they were really behind Wheeler, Utah. So like the crowd is actively cheering for Wheeler, Utah over Brian Danielson and, uh, John Moxley, and uh, so obviously uh, Moxley and Danielson win. Yuta's leaving, and he kind of turns around and stares at the ring, and he gets in there, and he gets slapped, and William Regal's basically like, nope, 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 get out of here. Not yet. Uh, Interesting, though. Um, Yeah, and there was a follow-up promo on this for the next week's Dynamite. By the way, off topic, Orange Cassidy with an arm sling. I wonder if he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, because he's been wearing that for like two episodes now. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see with that. But anyways, uh, the Trent Beretta, Wheeler Yuta thing that we had hinted at for yep. quite a while finally came to a head. Yep. Where Trent basically said, you're in or you're out. And the thing that exactly what Wheeler said was, uh, let me get to it just really quick. Hmm. Um I'm not trying to be the best friend I can be. I'm trying to be the best wrestler I can be. Yep. You either get that or you don't. Yep. I thought it was interesting because it was a way for him to split from the group without him turning heel on them, and they didn't They didn't turn heel either. It was just like a natural, hey, guys, I'm out. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be, like, there might be a Trent wheeler Utah match because Trent said, I don't like you, <laughs> you know, but it yeah. wasn't like a violent thing it was just kind of wheeler but wheeler but wheeler didn't look like a best friend lackey 
right. dopey guy. And I'm right. not trying to make it like the best friends are dopes. It's just that they're a faction. Right. Of which we're building up a lot of and factions. They are right kind now. of a comedy based faction, you know, so but, that but lends itself Yuta, to dopiness. But Yuta has a nice moment of his own where he tells Trent, you know what? I never liked you either. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Which, which nobody likes to hear. Yep. By the way, uh, I think Statlander might be breaking. I don't even know. If she, I don't know that she's breaking away from the best friends. But we mentioned before how um, they did like a little brief segment where she's taking her alien face paint off, so she might become like a more serious person too. Yeah, it looked like a black thunderbolt kind yep. of thing. Yeah, uh, like... and much darker look. Yep. So and we maybe saw she's, maybe her and Julia Hart are going to join the emo club. <laughs> Since Julia Hart is like, I don't know if you've seen, she turns her back on the uh, Varsity Club or the yeah. Varsity. Uh, I mean, so do I when they're on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just makes her a baby face. You, if you know? watch enough Brian Pullman Jr. matches. That's what that's the effect it has. Yeah, sorry. they say it's, they say it's Malachi Black's mist, but I think it's uh, just <laughs> watching Brian Pillman wrestle too much. <laughs> Anyways, let's. Let's try to get on tropic. I don't know. Sometimes I like this format where we just kind of shoot the breeze and see where we go. But but yeah, the factions are starting to build. That's what up. I was going to say. I think the, the prevailing story is that factions are growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the best friends, even though they lost a member, are still pretty strong. You've got obviously the elite, and that's like our main story with the the elite with Adam Cole and the Bucks and. Uh, Red Dragon is still a thing going. Um, Hangman Page is still kind of a man. On his own, he seems to have split from Dark Order, but he's with Jurassic Express. Kind of seemed to be his tag yeah, team partner. Yeah, because they're in that because they're in that sort of hanging on position, like that we had hinted at yep. in the last show. That they're not that Adam Cole's not done with him, yep. and to the point that he actually they stole the championships. They stole the the Jurassic Express belts on Rampage, and Adam Cole stole the AEW World Title on uh dynamite i want to say it is um i wonder i wonder if you can call yourself a champion if you just steal a fake belt but um <laughs> it, i guess it doesn't work that way but um well, listen so, i yeah, mean Shawn yeah. michaels once super kicked a man and put his name on a contract and that worked so didn't john cena sign the contract with roman reigns because finn balor like was like incapacitated <laughs> and he just so. signed it i think so <laughs> <laughs> they could have just had Johnny Knoxville sign it for Christ's right? sake. So I would have watched Johnny Knoxville and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. But um, <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with that. It, it just it had something to do with like all uh, Hangman and yeah. the fact that he's kind of in this in between area because they want to blow this off. We'll see if it's Battle of the Belts, like I was kind of hinting at. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be. It might just be on Dynamite, and they have a big blow off in um Boston. I don't know. We'll see. I I feel like I need to interject real quick. I feel like I need to always point out uh, to our listeners that we tape our show on Tuesday nights and they come out on Friday. So there's going to be a dynamite that's happened uh, that might make us look dumb. Some things may have already happened that we aren't going to discuss. Yeah, the the one that we're not talking about is in Columbia, South Carolina for the first time. Yeah, which is that – was a match booked or did I just imagine that's going to be like Red Dragon and Cole versus Jurassic Express – and page and all the belts are on the line is that a thing that if so that was like last second i haven't heard okay. that one yet i think maybe the it's just speculation been, the three that have been promoted for the dynamite um that's coming up that people that once everyone listens will have already seen darby allen and andrade el idolo yep. ftr and gun club and yep. then they're gonna kick off they have a qualifier 
for the Owen Hart Cup, the women's tournament. Yeah, with and the it's going to be the bunny versus a mystery opponent that Tony Khan will announce. So everyone's thinking, oh, it's Tony Storm or Athena, who used to be Ember Moon or some some other female wrestler that is should we, well known. Should we make our bad predictions that are bound to be wrong? Since Oh, it's, I, it's Brandy Rhodes. Oh, see, I was going to say it's Martha Hart. <laughs> <laughs> it's Martha Hart. It's Diana. Yeah, it's Diana. <laughs> oh, Come on, God. Davey. <laughs> Uh, Whitaker Davy. Yeah, I forgot about the uh, the Gun Club FTR match. We'll we'll talk about them in a few minutes because I've got some thoughts right. on where they're going. But yeah, like you said, it, it feels like we're getting very faction heavy again, which kind of lends itself to New Japan influence. You know, New Japan is a factiony company and stable it, wars. Yeah, it makes booking somewhat easier in the sense <laughs> you can always have those trios and these multi factions. He's one of the the factions that seems to be newest in maybe the hot one of the hotter ones is um, the Sports Entertainment Chris Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, I like the idea that... I, I, I like the concept of it from mm-hmm. Jericho's perspective. I think Jericho has always been an old-school or traditional, like, big-idea type of guy where, yeah. he, you know, one of his biggest strengths always has a, in his career is that he's been able to reinvent himself, you yes. know, in whatever way, shape, or form. Like, the way he did it when he turned heel in the late 2000s, and then he was the pain maker in New Japan, and then he was Le, Champi- Le Champion, yeah. and now this one... And this is a real good heat scooper. Like, if if there's, it, I bet you anything that there was this. I think we talked about it, but there was this one moment where Brian Danielson was turning heel because Kenny was on the shelf, mm-hmm. and he was feuding with Heyman. And he said, in it was in Norfolk, Virginia, and he said, "I wrestle. I I uh, main evented WrestleMania, and it got like it was. He was showered with booze. Yeah, and, wrestled the next and, night. Yeah, right. And I think." I don't know if Jericho took inspiration from that, but I bet he was taking notes because mm-hmm. there's just no better way to scoop up a lot of easy heat with AEW fans or, you know, as what a lot of people would like associate them as like pro wrestling fans than to throw a little sports entertainment at them and rub it in their face. Yeah. And what is more heelish than turning a true blue, like, like blue chip wrestler in Daniel Garcia and have him say, I am a sports entertainer. <laughs> right. right. I think that's clever, too, because I think a lot of people peg Garcia as with this Moxley Danielson thing, like, oh, put Garcia with them. You he know? was name dropped. Yeah. 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 And so then to have him not only not go with them, but to go with the uh, the group that literally says that's sports entertainment, like him saying, I'm Daniel Garcia and I'm a sports entertainer. That got a big reaction. Like the, the crowd was like, F yes. you, dude, you know. Um, and it's so simple. Like they just say, we're not wrestlers. We're sports entertainers and everything yeah, else. And, is... and also they look, they look down on the pro wrestlers. It's not yep. like they're yep. a carny act. They're not the best friends. We beat up like, pro wrestlers. Yeah. We beat up pro wrestlers. That was one of, that was Jake Hager's only line. Yeah. Thank, thankfully he delivered it. But, um, you know, I didn't, yeah, catch barely. The, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch the inner circle introduction, introductory promo, uh, to try to compare them. But I mean, one that obviously stuck out to people remember was the one where he said, he said about Hager's, uh, Bad when creative. they were chanting, yeah. 
a, 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 a stupid idea from bad creative. He did, he said the same thing about 2.0. Yeah. But here was the funniest part because it's such a sports entertainmenty thing where you tr- you try to fix a bad thing and make it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they call him uh, da- call one of them Daddy Magic and the other <laughs> one Cool Hand Ainge. Well, and, and, and it's like, what's the best is he said that was their real names. <laughs> Daddy <laughs> Magic is your real name. Yeah, he said they're going by their real names. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Garcia, yeah, and then obviously Garcia, who's just Daniel Garcia, the sports entertainer. But you know, and then they're kind of dropping these like kind of like catchphrases, like "We're gonna future endeavor you" and yeah. um, a couple other like little zingers that they threw in there. Um, but I, I like where they're gonna go with it. I mean, Jericho physically is in good shape. They main evented a match against, I want to say, the Dark Order, and it was a pretty fun match. Yep. They also cheated. They also used sports entertainment yep. to cheat. Yep, they did. I feel like uh, that dynamite was a little interference heavy, and that's the problem when you've got a lot of factions. Is it gets real easy to book interference, and it becomes a kind of a staple. Like feels like every match lately has had because it's over involved. Yes. It's like oh, we we need to have, everything is connected. Right. It's like, like no, how sometimes about we have a good one on one match. Yeah. Sometimes a guy can second you to the ring and just and just be there. He doesn't have to have two spots and. You know, he could just be your second, and you know, um, I don't have a problem with outside interference. It's been wrestling forever, but I do have a problem when it, they rely on it a little too heavy, and when it happens in I don't know four out of five matches, then it loses its value by the third time, and by the fourth time, people start to get annoyed. So, um, I do think this group doing it though, it, it makes sense because that's a sports entertainment booking is the outside interference and all that stuff. My question is, I mean, they probably stay feuding with Eddie in LAX and maybe they bring in a fourth guy, but it, it seems like the the natural progression is sports entertainers versus these wrestlers with Moxley and Danielson, although they're kind of heelish as well, but doesn't it seem like that's a natural progression that those guys would fight each other? The wrestlers versus it, it sports would... entertainers? It would work. Yeah. The problem is like, well, here's the other thing too: is that what would be more frustrating than John Moxley and Brian Danielson, the most unstoppable duo you could ever put together on paper, losing to sports entertainers? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it would give them it would give them some credence of saying, yeah, we look down on wrestlers because even though you're great wrestlers, you don't have the full package, which is a play on reality of like WWE and how they do things, mm-hmm. and um, you know, try to try to kind of create some animosity that way with with the trying to make a heel faction I, I think that was the idea that jericho had in mind i think it's going to be effective um i feel like it's just going to lead to some other type of group um maybe even <laughs> maybe even sting and darby allen and the the freaking hardy boys who i uh, well let me say it right the hardys i can't call them the hardy boys yeah the hardy men <laughs> their 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 new premise is how about we all just jump off of really tall ass things? Yeah, <laughs> like basically, it's the it's IWA Mid South. Only it has Sting and the Hearts in it. <laughs> they had a wild one on Dynamite. Like, did you ever think that like if there was a a, a a group of guys that would fit in in the Combat Zone wrestling ring, that it would be Sting? Like, how is he in this group, and why does he fit so well with them? It's so bizarre to me. Still, the old and for thing those who, is diving. And for those who want to make fun of that, like, oh, look at Jeff Hardy. He's doing the same thing he always does. By the way, that got that got 1.5 million views. Oh, on yeah. YouTube. It's insane. I mean, like, 
I said this. People love watching this stuff. Yeah, I said on our episode when we knew he was coming in, like, I had to brace myself because I'm not really a Jeff Hardy fan. I don't dislike him, but he doesn't do anything for me. But I had to brace myself and know that he's going to be on TV and he's going to be heavily featured because Jeff Hardy is a draw. Like, Jeff Hardy is, like, to me, he's like Big a he's like a Rob Van Dam and a guy, a guy that, like, is just, he's just cool to people. You know? Mm-hmm. People just think he's cool. Yep. I don't, but whatever. <laughs> but that was his in-ring debut. He had shown up already. We talked about that before, but that was his first, I think. I yeah. think he made his debut wrestling against Private Party since we uh Yeah, since which we, uh, was like private, yeah, private Party's like dream come true um, to, right. to, to wrestle their heroes, basically. Uh, let's talk about another tag group real quick. Just I want to shoot off of our written notes. Uh, I do want to talk about FTR a little bit because I think that they're transitioning to baby faces like fully. They fired Tully Blanchard. Now they they had him wrestle CM Punk, but like there was not no cheating or like two on one type stuff. And now they're going to be fighting the Gun Club. Uh, well, they will have already fought them at Dynamite. How, what do you think about FTR potentially becoming like baby faces? That seems to be their progression. Uh, are you are you all in on that? Yeah, uh, like I I think that I think that's the idea that they're going with. Yeah. Um There was one really fun note where. Uh, uh, and I don't, I don't think it was by accident. Where right after the Moxley Danielson segment, mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught it, but Dax Harwood is wearing a Miracle Violence Connection shirt mm. with Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. I don't yep. think that was an accident. Oh, what a match that would be! Those two. Against... But uh, <laughs> but that, I, I, I guess that was him calling his shot. By the way, they are also wrestling the Briscoes at Ring of Honor's yep. uh, Supercard of Honor, which we'll talk about. Yep. In which a little bit more it's been later. like a, a Twitter feud brewing uh, that people have been wondering but if the Briscoes I, would come I to AEW, but. I hope they beat the Gun Club because the idea is like these yeah, guys. I, I they assume have respect. I assume they will. Yeah, yeah. And I think and there's ju- more and- to the FTR. Like I think I don't know. There's a lot of Bret Hart hits being dropped. Yep. I yep. don't like, know. A, the Young Bucks came in and said, and the Young Bucks and FTR have a weird mm-hmm. relationship where it's there. It, it's a rivalry. It's animosity, but it's almost like a. It's almost like an I'm better than you kind of. <clears throat> yeah. Like not a hatred, sport. but not like a. Like, yeah, yeah, like a jabbing at each other type of thing, uh-huh. and so and then I think it was Matt Jackson who said it. He said basically, you could get the best manager there is. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like, yep. oh okay. And then I and was... then and then what's the other word that you heard a lot about the Gun Club? Oh, they show no respect. Yep. Who loves who? Who prided themselves on being the most respected wrestler in the business? Yep. Yep. Just and saying. One of their backstage segments. Um, they happen to be giving it in front of like a big pink backdrop as well. Okay, I didn't so, even think about that. Yep, yep, yep. So, I don't know. Bret Hart is all elite, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that means like Bret. I don't know that Bret would be a weekly guy, but maybe he just comes out and like endorses them. I don't think they need him as a mouthpiece. In fact, he'd probably be worse than they are on the mic. I think Dax and oh, Cash I, are I both think, excellent I think Bret, on the mic. I think Bret Hart's presence would actually be bad for AEW because – Literally, all the wrestlers would cry in awe of his presence, and they would be not focused on the match. They'd all insist like, on me. I'm watching all these interviews, and they're like, who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, Bret Hart. Yeah. Like, I literally have a picture hanging right behind me. Like, they, they worship this man. Yeah. I'm just being real. Like, back in the day, you hear about guys, like, refusing to, to lay down, like, Shawn Michaels and stuff. I think AEW's problem is everyone would insist on letting Bret pin them. <laughs> that would be funny if they all laid. That would be a great send off for any legendary wrestler. Right. Have all the premier guys lay down so he could pin them. Right. That'd be Just an cool. idea. Yeah. 
that would be kind of funny. But um, the to go back to the Punk Dax thing, like Punk is a Brett oh, yeah. liaison as well. So they're kind of like outbreading each other. Like they do the suplex out over the top rope spot. That's super dangerous, but yep. it if you do it right, it's it'll it's safe enough. Yep. Which is like that speaks to just Bret Hart in a nutshell. The Owen Cup is coming up, yep. so we'll see where that's gonna go. Um, and there was another one. There was another small move that happened randomly um, during oh, one of those shows. Dax used the sharpshooter too. He did. Yep. He did use a sharpshooter, and he, he uh, and Punk had trouble getting out of it. Yep. Yep. So it, it, there was there's always some like really fun Bret Hart type of like uh, uh like uh, illusions in the uh in there. Uh, the other one I just remembered was that Danielson and Moxley did a heart attack. Yeah, I was just gonna, on the best friends. Just thinking in my head like. Again, there's dynamite that's happening tomorrow after we tape this and watch FTR beats the gun club with the heart attack. <laughs> like, you know, that would be funny. That would be pretty fun. But uh, yeah, so that's just something I wanted to get to because I didn't, I didn't see it in our notes and I wanted to make sure because that's something that's intriguing me because I don't think FTR has been a baby face since they've been in the company. I think they've been like either they straight started, heel they or like were they were they baby face or were they just kind of like uh, tweeners? Tough guys. Yeah. They were sort of tough guys who yeah. were coming out in trucks. I want to, didn't they come out in a semi? This was during Daly's place during quarantine. Yeah, I think so. so. They, they came out of the parking lot, but then it turned out they were poisoning the well between Hangman and Kenny yeah. so that they could get the titles off of them. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, this could be their first babyface run um, in, in AEW. And even in WWE in their run, they were heels most most of the way. Um, but, yeah, it, it could be interesting. I think they'll be, they'll be excellent, you know, and if that leads us to them against Moxley and Danielson, whew. That could be. How do you how do you feel if you're Tully Blanchard? I know, like, right? Yeah, you know, like you are my hero. We need you to manage. Okay, I'll manage. Oh wait, my other hero just showed up. You're fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I assume that's a write off for Tully. Like I don't think they're going to repackage Tully I, I with anyone else. I was curious about that. He, I think he's an agent sometimes. But remember yeah. too, Tessa, his daughter, is going to be working on the women of wrestling thing with Jeannie Buss. Yeah. The, so. the winning, winning, to, winning time cast member Jeannie Buss, <laughs> but but um yeah I don't know maybe I I'm just kind of guessing out there. I, 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 at, at least I think it's an, it's it's a write off for his on screen character. I mean he might continue okay. in his backstage capacity, but I can't imagine like an, a storyline that puts Tully back on TV, you know. So outside of maybe getting a team to get revenge on FTR, but even that feels like a a minimal short-term thing but i don't gone for but not forgotten i guess i don't think tully did anything monumentally memorable uh he wrestled yeah yeah he had a couple of spike pile drivers he had that nice little promo with sting that one time yep yep and yep. oh 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 the, the dueling promo with conan was good uh, with uh with santana ortiz that was oh in, uh, yep 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 that one was okay yep i was drawing a blank until you mentioned uh until you mentioned santana I've heard ortiz that Col- and has had a lot of like health problems over the last year. Oh, not, yeah. I mean, that's that's long term. He's been rough for a while. So, mm-hmm. but uh, let's get back to where we're going. Uh, also, too, uh, there's an award show on Wednesday night before Dynamite. Um, we kind of gave our own awards at the end of the year, but they're doing like a, a kind of like their own Oscars. It's probably all taped in the can, but do you think they're going to have someone slap someone it's- a la? You know, well, they already announced them on YouTube. Yeah. 
So, the, so I maybe they'll do something where they're like, "Oh, you won that award and not me." It was kind of predictable stuff. Yeah. The only, the only one that kind of like maybe do a whatever was that. Uh, um, was that was that the uh, the best beat the biggest beatdown was Hangman and Brian Danielson go the distance. Yeah. And right. I'm like, no, it was definitely Darby Allen being thrown down a flight of stairs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That was clearly the winner. <laughs> or even like, even if you just want it to be a hangman thing, I feel like uh, Lance Archer doing the freaking uh, razor's edge onto the steel steps was worse than anything Danielson did to him. Right, uh, and and um, there was only and there was one funny part where uh, because they let they they did like because this was like a play on the Oscars, and so. Uh, Hangman t- gets the award. He's like, "What did I win this for?" And they tell him. And he's like, he goes through an impromptu promo. He's wearing jorts, and uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, "Thank you, Bang Energy, for getting me through the match," which made me laugh. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, Jake Cargill won an award. CM Punk won a couple. Yep. Um, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD for her fit. Um, Dante Martin. Uh, Nyla Rose for the best Twitter follow, which I agree with. Nyla Rose is a good Twitter game. Um, the only thing that was interesting was that Kenny Omega did show up on camera um, to accept an award for the, re- the AEW Wrestler of the Year for the AEW Award. And we hadn't seen him since he left after Full Gear. Hmm. And he said – the only thing he said that I thought was kind of interesting was that he said 2021 was the hardest year of my career. That was um, kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't see any of this. <laughs> Literally on YouTube, it's on YouTube. It's like a forty-minute segment, gotcha. and so it it's, like it's airing and everything. It's, it airs at seven o'clock before Dynamite too. To, uh, well, I guess yeah. by the time this yeah, it, it was it was it was on Daily's it was on Daily's plat it was on Daily's Palace. Wow, I'm going crazy. Daily's Place. <laughs> I think it's interesting, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's trying to stay in in character since he's not an AEW employee. I think it's interesting that Wardlow did not win the Breakout Star Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess he's not an AEW contracted employee, so. Right. That, I guess. I, well, it's a very kayfabe-ish uh, yeah. show if you watch it. Yeah. It also had it also had end end credits for some reason. <laughs> like WCW pay per views. Yeah, like I was looking for the names, and I'm, I got to tell you, the only name I recognize was Chris Harrington because he just followed me on Twitter. Oh, there you go, man. <laughs> Harrington is, I think, like one of the he he worked with WrestleNomics. Yeah, WrestleNomics and now, guy. Like, the number cruncher guy for AEW. Yeah, all the charts and things like that that are fun to look at. Right, right. Yeah. Let's get back on Wardlow. Um, so uh, as I correctly predicted, I feel like I get my predictions wrong a lot. I predicted that Wardlow would not win the TNT title in our last episode. I think we literally got, not to pat ourselves on the back, I think we literally got everything right when we yeah, predicted for once. <laughs> yeah, because we also predicted yeah. the... We, we predicted the Thunder, Thunder Rosa Thunder title, Rosa change, title right? right. Yep, yep. Um, but Wardlow, uh, clearly it's moving into his feud with MJF and uh, the way they're doing it's a little interesting is that uh, MJF basically came out and uh, buried him and said you know he's still under contract and I'm just going to pay him to stay home and you're never going to see him again and eventually you'll all forget about him and nobody will care about him anymore and so Wardlow came out was held back by security um, didn't really put up a fight didn't like fight security off or anything like that but I thought that was interesting no, that- I think it had a great image though, because mm-hmm. of uh, there's like eight or nine guys just kind of yeah surrounding him, him being held back by like a mountain of security. Yeah. while MGF like ran his mouth, which was pretty great. No, and Sean Spears just standing there, just like smiling like a little shit. Right. Um, because he's just a good like measly heel. Let's oh, be it's honest. gonna be so great when um, he gets powerbombed. Like, 
Also, very small nugget of info with the Wardlow MJF stuff is that MJF did get his Dynamite Diamond ring back. Oh, that's good. So Wardlow's not a belt I, thief. He explained it in some way. Excalibur tried to paper it over, but somehow he got it back. But uh, yeah, he got it back, and he literally decked Wardlow in the head with it. Shifting topics just for one second. Excalibur uh, winning over William Regal, by the way. William Regal said on commentary, you're really impressed me every week, masked man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I didn't know David Shoemaker was working it for AEW. But um, <laughs> the, the other one that was funny about William Regal, is um is when uh, Dan Houser shows who's the demon looking fellow? Yeah, and he, well, he called him a demon waif. <laughs> I think, I think. <laughs> and the funny and here's the best part: he does the Phil Jackson thing where, like, when you have a bunch of superstars who can take care of their own business out on the ring, you don't have to coach them. Right. So he literally says nothing while Moxley and Brian Danielson just beat the living shit out of the Varsity Blondes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Let's get back to Wardlow, though, because I think uh, the interesting thing will be – so obviously the story there is that MJF says, you're going to stay home. So what's Wardlow going to do? Like, what, what Do you have any ideas? How do you think he gets out of this MJF contract? Um, He gets he gets an opportunity from another benefactor, mm-hmm. and that benefactor is Tony Khan. Okay. And then they do a play on the free agency thing. Okay. Yeah, that, that could be why MJF's always talking about free agency. Um. I, I think it's smart that they didn't put the TNT title on him because he doesn't need it at all. Uh, Scorpio Sky needs it a whole lot more than he does. Um, and I, I love the Dan Lambert wearing it as the second title, too. As the uh, co-TNT Yeah, I think, I think Scorpio's great. promos have been really good. Yeah. And, and I like the kayfabe that they're doing with Scorpio where – because when the TNT title was being defended, it is like the – it was the like – The open challenge, the, yeah. The open challenge. He closed it. Yep. He basically said, no – I say who I wrestle, yep. which is a real heelish thing to do, but it also works to his favor because the less challenges you have, the more lo- the less likely you are to lose. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I think that's smart. I, I think I think I saw some people kind of crap on like how that all went down, like the the Wardlow losing to uh, to Sky and stuff, and oh, you you got to strike while the iron. I had shot, a feeling though, know? Jordan was going to worm his way out of it though. Yeah, so did I. You know. Um, and it's kind of like I, I don't know I I understand the the worry that oh if you if you beat your guy that's on the rise you you might miss an opportunity but I think anyone can handle a loss you know anyone can handle a, a moment even even some bad booking and, Ward, and Wardlow has lost before right you know right. It yeah he's not he's not Goldberg I think he lost to Jake Hager in an MMA fight yeah he's not he's not Goldberg you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I will say if there's a criticism, I think they went a little too WWE, you look dumb type booking where Sean Spears came out and that was enough to just completely throw Wardlow off and just stare at him, you know, like typical, like really bad distraction type finish. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a little sneak, sloppy. And then a sneak attack and yep. then the roll up by Scorpio. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think that was a little sloppy, but, you know, and, and again, it's it's also a little sloppy that this happens a lot in AEW too, like everybody's interfering so i don't know maybe that's why it makes more sense because everybody interferes in every freaking match now you know yeah so and then and then uh, but and then i mean that mjf one that you had mentioned about the calling him a pig all the time god so much vitriol yeah. oh my goodness yeah i mean like, every, uh, he's so believable MJF goes all like that's the funniest thing about like the whole idea that mjf because i was watching 
an interview he had with Ariel Wani where he was like throwing roses at Bruce Pritchard in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just hedging because he wants to create leverage for himself to get a bigger deal. Good for you, man. You're the hottest star. In, you're the hottest young star in wrestling, legit. But the idea of like, oh, I want to be a sports entertainer. I want to do the way WWE did. Uh, you can't say the things you said in that segment. <laughs> you go yeah. to SmackDown. Yeah. Like he calls he calls his mom a skank. <laughs> Like Wardlow's mom a skank. I think he called his own mom a whore one time. Yeah. yeah. He's he's ruthless on the mic when he's given that creative license and he does a great job with that 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 liberating of the on the promos, but man, like this one was pretty brutal. Like when, once it was done, like man, I felt bad for Wardlow. And that was the point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something you put into our show notes that I think is really smart about all this is and i'll just read what you wrote you know strap the rocket pushes sometimes get eye rolling reactions because we've all seen it you know whether it's like a ryback or a braun Strowman, big strong guy shows up they got a almost or what's his name almost 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 i almost got edward james almost almost how do i reach his keys stand and deliver For those who don't know, that is actually for the show Stand, movie called yeah. Stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can never see him and not call him Edward James Omos. <laughs> but by the way, a former college basketball player uh, Omos, oh, okay. he played at uh, South Florida. He was okay. a shot blocker. Okay, uh, but again, you know, there's plenty of examples of trying to strap a rocket to a guy and just have him mow down people and sometimes it's like i'll read what you wrote sometimes they get eye-rolling reactions but with an upper card this stack and aw's upper card is full being thrust up the standings by looking strong is the only way for young and up-and-coming talents to make their way in aw right now and i think that's perfectly written like he doesn't have the charisma of an adam cole he doesn't have the mic skills yeah, like, of a cm Punk. can't work his way up like kobashi did in all japan right like right. like where oh you lose you lose you lose you lose and then you start getting their, your w's like like no, you gotta like get the not the Goldberg push, but you gotta look strong mm-hmm. and like you know maybe somebody like a Wheeler Yuta might be able to like just kind of work their way through by taking L's against superstars until they start getting closer and yeah. getting closer and then they finally start winning the big ones and that's how Brian Daniel Bryan got his push in the WWE. I could you know I'm not uh what what was that thing he kept saying when he was with Kane? I'm not the uh, gosh darn it there was some uh. Like, I'm not the weak link. I'm not yeah. the weak link. Yeah. And that's that's the idea. Like, you want to be the strong link, and you want to be able to, like, move up the card. But it's hard to when you have such a stacked roster in the upper card with big names like CM Punk and John Moxley and yep. Damian Page and Adam Cole. You're going to have to find a way to almost manufacture a push. And does the problem is, how does it come off as fake? And also, what if you strap a title to it? Right, right. And not only is he fighting against these guys probably being more talented than him than him right now they're also bigger names than him like they cm punk's coming in with decades of history john moxley's coming in with a decade of history like world is pretty much unknown you know and the biggest thing is how giving the main eventers are yep especially in a culture like AEW, where let's be honest there's not that much there's so much creative license for the wrestlers and there's very there there is a structure in terms of who Tony Khan wants to win the title that's been very well discussed yeah. in terms of lineage but in terms of um in, in terms of like how are we going to put the shows together i don't think there's this like finite format of like this is what i want i right. do think there's some very good direction from a t- production standpoint of what they're trying to accomplish but in terms of like in term what all i'm trying to get at is that the upper card 
guys, if they're not as giving, if they just want to take it all for themselves, they can do it. Sure. Like, the thing that's different for AEW versus WCW when they were up high with the NWO is that I feel like the upper carters like CM Punk. Like, there was a story that Powerhouse Hobbs told about how Punk literally watches rewatches his matches with him. Yeah. To help him learn. And, um, or help him, like, learn from what he did and then improve upon it and you can see the improvement and that it depends on how giving they are but at what point are you going to be giving enough to the point that they take your spot yeah i also think where it's a a blessing in disguise and just in terms of the the era you know the wcw days say what you want about hogan and nash and stuff like that we've all heard the stories of them being manipulative and political and stuff like that but a lot of the big paydays were based off pay-per-views and things like that. Like, if you weren't on mm-hmm. the show, you didn't make the money. So That's why there was a glass ceiling. Right, Correct. yeah. Like, so they, they knew, okay, I'm going to get my bonus by being on this show. So they're going to fight tooth and nail. Whereas I don't see AEW's paychecks being really like, dependent on if you get a match and double or nothing or not. You know right. what I mean? I'm sure you make more money. Sure, you know, the top guys make more money. That's just how it works. But I don't think it's like it was back in the day where, you know, pay pay-per-view buy rate made the difference between your your end of your figures you know (laughs) but there is but i'm not trying to make it out like they're just selecting anybody from the cattle call like wardlow was specifically selected because he had look a cargill specifically selected to the point that big swole i remember the one i heard a story that the reasons tony khan got lashed out of big swole was because a tweet had come out where she basically spoiled that jade was going to win the tbs title Mm, like a month before it happened like but the idea of handpicking somebody as the anointed one or the chosen one, you know, that's that's as tried and true as way back into the sixties and seventies in the territory days. Sure. Like you gotta like you gotta hang your hat on something mm-hmm. or somebody. Like you can't just be like, Oh, who the crowd likes today? Oh, they're gonna win the title. No. This isn't uh this isn't Eric Young. You know, right. I'm so, I mean, no disrespect to Eric Young. He won the title because Dixie Carter thought he was getting big pops. Yeah. Okay, cool. Can he, can he be a star? No? Right. Oh, you failed then. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's got to be a star. It's that just be means he star. like he was probably the one that signed the most autographs for the show. Yeah. You know? By the way, Jade Cargill just reeks of star. Yeah. Reeks. Even if she's not good yet. <laughs> like, no, she's just, no. Yeah, she's she's a star in the making. But They say, oh, she's green. She's like, okay, I'll change my hair green. Right. <laughs> she literally wears all green now. <laughs> <laughs> green like money yeah. is what she said but i mean J- jade's a nice way to transition to uh another pr- uh prediction we got right we do have a new women's champion um what not, yep yeah not the <laughs> not not the tbs champ jade is looking at 30 and 0 uh looking right down the lights but uh thunder rosa did defeat dr Britt baker in the rematch kind of like we predicted uh the cage kept all the interference out it was wild it was bloody i think they wanted to bleed a little more than they did like I think they tried to get super uh, bloody and it just wasn't set flowing. Up with the cage too, where they had a divot in between yep. the apron and the outside on one but side not, of it. Yeah, but just on one side. On the other, and I did not like that. Yeah, we had thumbtacks, which I thought was a little unnecessary. But um, I think it was, it was, it was fine. But I think I told you in the moment, like the day after, I'm like, I didn't like that match. It felt disjointed to me. Did you not like it as much as the first one they had in Daily's oh, Place, which is now like that legendary? Awesome. Yeah. Or did you just not like it at all? So I think at first I was like, I didn't like it at all. But I watched it a second time and I'm like, okay, it was it was fine. Um, right results, uh, some pretty good moments. But I just felt like they were trying too hard to recreate an epic. Um, and 
what they were doing was just trying to, well, let's do what worked again. When sometimes, like, do something new and see if that works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do think that one of the problems, that was the one in San Antonio, which you had mentioned was his, her hometown. And mm-hmm. boy, did she get a hometown. Oh, yeah. Uh, pop hometown reception and had it all. She had a Day of the Dead makeup, which looked really cool. Had yeah, an El so cool. band singing. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. Um, now, but I agree with you this. Everything about it, if you compare it to the first one uh, in Daly's Place, not the one at um, Revolution. That one was a stinker. Mm-hmm. But the one in Daly's Place was an incredible, like, trend-setting match. Yeah, with all the blood and... Violent yeah. women's matches. So the match um, that, quote, doesn't count in the standings. Right, the lights-out, because it was a lights-out match, mm-hmm. whereas this one was for the championship. But it everything felt lesser then. The blade job by Britt Baker was yep. lesser then. It yep. didn't feel as bad. The thumbtack spots were, eh. You know, there was this one spot where Britt Baker falls back first to a pile of chairs, and I was like... Yeah, mm-hmm. and not just like... That yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then she did the weird thing where she made, like, a chair pyramid... Yeah, that one. Yeah, like her body just bounced. It it was odd. (laughs) But but I think the one thing that did hurt it too, I don't think it was pressed for time. I think they... I think they spaced it out nicely in terms of giving it time. I felt like it may have been a tad too long. Um, But you got to remember also, you talked about the best friends in the the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, That was was on that show. Cole and the Red... uh, Adam Cole and Red Dragon... Again, uh, beating Hangman Page and Jurassic Express was a nice match. Yeah. Like, and I think it got hurt by the fact that there was just really good matches that it had the top, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just in a really tough position. I thought the crowd was into it. I think the crowd actually in San Antonio that, that helped. It. Yep. The San Antonio and and and, um, and uh, Cedar Park, Texas crowds were very hot, very yeah. hot. I don't know if it has to do with baby maybe because WrestleMania is coming around the corner or whatever it was, but they were feeling it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with everything you said. Um, another really good match too, by the way, you mentioned, uh, Adam Cole, Adam Cole and Jay lethal. I thought was really, really good. That was a good um, one too. I think that was on the dynamite the next week. I was happy to see. Yeah, it was. I was happy to see Jay lethal back on TV and he did a follow up interview. I don't know if that was on dynamite or if that aired on rampage, but he's basically, I got to change something. I got to do something different. That was Rampage. Yeah, and he basically said, like, they couldn't beat me clean. They had to cheat, but I got I got to do something different. So kind of hinting at, like, what he's doing isn't working, um, which is an interesting I, promo to cut for a guy who's not even on TV. I got an, I, I got an idea, but I'll wait for I'll wait for to talk about it later. Okay. Is it, is it involved Black Machismo? <laughs> <laughs> no, it involves it involves the other iteration of Jay Lethal that everybody remembers. Gotcha. And oh. No, not Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! By the way, by the way, uh, Ric Flair and Mark Madden had like a breakup. Yeah, and I, so I just podcast, saw that today. And Mark Madden had decided to spill the beans because he's a five. He he has the maturity of a twelve year old, and decided to tell everybody, yeah, Ric Flair was going to go to AEW, but that plane ride from hell episode popped out on dark side of the ring and they pulled the offer which is exactly what we said happened mm-hmm. you know yep yeah and then he tweeted like i effective immediately i quit the rick flair podcast and then rick flair quote tweeted it and said actually i told you you were services no were no longer needed <laughs> so we kind of burned him saying you didn't quit i fired you <laughs> but oh my god yeah well it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy <laughs> and the funny thing is like there's no way that's rick flair actually tweeting on his twitter account you know, do you think it's, it's David? Do you think it's David Flair? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, you know what? I'll just say it. I think Jay Lethal because what? What's um? What is cheating? It's 
you're wrestling without honor. Yep. So the idea is that he's going to go do, do Ring of Honor, which he's also on that card, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in just a couple minutes. Um, Supercard of Honor uh, takes place. That's this weekend, right? Um, it, it is. Weekend. It's April Fool's Day. Yeah. I think the April Fool's should be that Jared is booking the show. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, uh, I saw Free Jeff... refund at the door, guys. <laughs> Our friend Greg Phillips retweeted a, a video clip of Jeff Jarrett. It was like at a WWE Hashu, probably in Memphis or Nashville. And he was like on Miz TV, and uh, Miz was ripping him, and he came out and he called them slap nuts. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Listen here, slap nuts." I'm like, man, that's. A... I, I always thought wrestling is such a weird business because times where they just really hit home runs, and then there's times where they make shirts that say "Listen up, slap nuts," and think people will buy them. Like, who thinks this stuff? Oh, there's been so many shirts that, like, remember when Mike Sanders had the one that said "Above Average"? Yeah. Oh, uh, the 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 worst wrestling shirt of all time was the APA had a shirt that said "Always Pounding Ass." <laughs> <laughs> You know the Rock. The Rock when he had those different things, shirts, he had a couple of them that like yeah. uh, had some really, really like weird pie-related shirts and stuff. You bring the ass. Yeah. I remember one of them. The front said, "You bring the ass," <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like out of context, like it doesn't make sense. But yes. yeah, re- Super Card of Honor <laughs> in Garland, Texas. By the way, the same arena where they've had Dynamites before, mm-hmm. and they're going to be going back there for the Rampage Battle of the Belt show. But this one is like looking about fifteen hundred. Maybe okay. it might teeter around two thousand, but I doubt it. And Tony Khan is basically saying you don't want to leave early. Like you got to stay for the end of the show. He's, mm, he's been saying okay. like, "Don't leave early and go to another show. You're gonna want to stick Tony around." Tony Khan has a surprise. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. <laughs> uh, that is so Tony Khan of him. By the way, let me just throw out my speculation. I think that's Cesaro. Okay. You know, I, like that's like uh, a nice little uh, start to Ring of Honor is like and, Cesaro and Joe and Joe. Oh yeah, it could be Joe too. Yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor could be the answer to. A problem that we have said has plagued the company is that like they've got all these guys doing nothing under contract, and mm-hmm. now he has two companies. You know, <laughs> and and you know I listened to Scott and Steve and Nate on main event, and they brought up that exact situation. Is it going to be a feeder system? Is yeah. it going to be something where you have these people in dark? Maybe they can turn elevation or not 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 elevation, but that dark uh, spot. You can turn that into Ring of Honor. Right. Like create, make it a ring of honor show. Like, like there's different things you can do. I think the, I think the fact that people don't know is what is making it kind of fascinating. I don't right. think it's fascinating enough that people are going to like, like flood over to fight TV or the honor club. Does Steve still have his honor club account? Um, I want to say he mentioned it, but we know Ben Morse's login if we need it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, um, I don't think people are going to be flooding to order it. I don't think it's going to have that much right. fan. I, I still I think I, people are going to be interested in it. I still think long term this purchase is to get a streaming service because I think that's like a crown jewel. Not to, to but guess what? You out. need Jordan, like you keep saying, you need content, right? And right. do they have enough of it? The answer is no. Well, but with Ring of Honor, they do. They have a twenty-year yeah. library now. You know, and, and right. like, I, I still think even if trying to run a second company. That's maybe a bonus. I, I think buying it for the content library alone, just like when Vince bought WCW, like, yeah. But you know, if AEW wants to be the couriers, 
of professional wrestling in the same way as the WWE has done over the last like 20 years, buying archival footage, I would buy PWG. That's what I would do. Now you're talking. I would would definitely get that service. I mean, I don't know how much money Tony Khan has at his disposal, but you can't imagine that Impact doesn't have a number that they would say sold and get that library too. Yeah, you know. But the one thing that's interesting, Jonathan Gresham's in that main event because he was the he was he's the Ring of Honor champion. He also did some Impact shows with that Ring of and Honor he, belt. He threw he did his own uh, promotion. Just had his first its first. Yeah, show it was too. called Terminus. Yep. Right. Yep. It was like a it was like very a very weird style. Only. Yeah, like rounds and like I think the countout rule is five. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's a five count, and you get disqualified after two infractions, type of thing. Yep. Very, very Billy Robinson esque. Yeah, very like but, old school Ring of Honor type stuff. Yeah. So he's wrestling Bandito, who was the champion, but he couldn't wrestle due to COVID. Yep. And so now they're going to have the unification. It's like unification. Match. Yeah. And and there's rumors that WWE has been told, or their people have been told, take John and Gresham's matches off of the progress footage that they have because they think Gresham's going to AEW. So mm. we'll see. Okay. Yeah, uh, do you want to run down that card now? Oh, sure. Okay, I've got it in front of me. So, obviously, that's our main event is uh, Gresham versus Bandito in, a, like you mentioned, uh, Undisputed Championship because Bandito was the champion, never lost it, COVID and all that stuff. I um, haven't seen much of Bandito. I've seen some New Japan stuff. I've good. seen him a little bit, yeah. I, I have not seen a lot either. I mean, Ring of Honor just was in my blind spot for like the last two two and a half years honestly. same yeah same like i know the guys i know the names i know pco i know roosh and things like that but i you know uh briscoe's versus ftr is a, is a great match that'll to have on this yeah that's a that great match to have on this good. one uh mm-hmm. swerve is uh on that show swerve is going to be wrestling alex zane uh who's kind of a one of those hot indie names right now i heard he's a deathmatch guy mm-hmm. um yeah he's uh, he's in um gosh GCW? yeah 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 uh Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. Uh, Josh Woods, who I think is the pure champion. I think it's the Ring of Honor pure champion, Josh Woods. He was also on Dark, and he did a move that I have never seen. He had a guy in a tombstone position. It's, he's tall, right? A, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's pretty tall. He had a guy in a tombstone position, and he turned into a German suplex. I was like, what? Wow. Like, you talk about killing a guy. Yeah, he's taking on Wheeler Yuta. And those are the only mm. matches listed right now. But you know what? Let me While we're talking, let me go to Tony Khan, because he... Uh, yeah, Jay Lethal, Lee Moriarty, uh, Alex Zane, Swerve. Oh, uh, Willow versus uh, Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Willow, wait, wait, what's her last wait, name? Jeff Hardy's Willow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're With the black. Willow Nightingale, who was yeah. name dropped by Eddie Kingston during a Definitely. dynamite episode. Yeah, yeah, Willow Nightingale against uh, Mercedes Martinez. So there's another match that's on there. Uh, okay. Briscoe's FTR is for the tag title. Um, and the pure championship, I was right. And uh, Woods Yuta is for the pure championship. So those uh, are, I mean, if you look at those matches on paper, that looks like a good show. Yeah, I mean, six matches that all could be good. Um, interesting to see some a- people right on AWTV going down there with uh, FTR and Yuta and and Swerve and. Well, if if he wants, if, if Tony Khan truly wants to honor the traditions of Ring of Honor, then we need to have like a very horribly veiled curtain, yep. and we need to film all of it on Betamax with only two camera angles. Yeah, and horrible sound. <laughs> and horrible sound. <laughs> like, like, the thing about Ring of Honor, we make fun, but like they have some amazing matches. It's just oh, the yeah. production. The production is always great- like... I've seen the I've seen the graphics for Supercard of Honor on Dark and Dark Elevation. This is going to have very good production. I'm yeah. just going to say it straight up. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, it, it's interesting. Um, I mean, that the plans seem to be just Ring of Honor still its own company. So, you know, I, I wonder if we'll see any Ring of Honor guys show up on AEW. I don't know necessarily know right away. I even know necessarily who would. I mean, Jay Lethal probably is going back to Ring of Honor. Uh, you mentioned Gresham might be showing up on AEW. Or but, Figurehead. Yeah. Yeah, you know. that could work too. Uh, even announcer-wise, I mean, are they going to keep, what is it, Ian Rick- Rickabone or whatever his name is? Rickabone. He yeah. did the first all-in show. He was yeah. the play-by-play guy. So, I mean, they might keep the, keep the Ring of Honor guys. They might bring, you know, AEW's got plenty of announcers. But let's talk about something that I think AEW needs to work on because uh, mm. I've always worried that people think we're just like a fanboy show. And we're fans and we like the product. Of course. But we don't think it's perfect. And something that you and I have talked about off the air more than once is rampage is in a rut right now isn't it mm-hmm. it's uh, rampage after dark right now yeah yeah it's basically they've been, they've been airing late because of the ncw tournament and the the ratings are reflecting that the ratings are like hitting like all-time lows basically um but i don't think it's just because of the time slot because rampage is kind of settled into this unwanted territory of being a totally missable show um, mm-hmm. You said something before we went on the air. That I think it's a big problem with it, and you said you hate that they have four matches every week versus three, right? Because right, because it wasn't that way. Yeah, like it the used way to be three. We, always, we it was three because I think we started the show right when Rampage started, or maybe like a few weeks after, because we started the show after Punk debuted. That was mm-hmm. the second episode of Rampage. That's still one of their biggest ratings they've ever had. Yeah. Um. If I if I wanted to just check out the um. Uh, the rating for that rampage, like I think that second episode got a, they got over a million. I think it was a one point one three million and a point five three demo. Just to give you a um like a snapshot, that's the demo that the go home raw got. Yeah. So like it it had like people paying attention for that, and it did have diminishing returns after that, but it bounced into like like the five hundred thousand, the six hundred thousand, and they have had great matches. I talked about how my, one of my favorite matches was. In October of last year with Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston, that crazy brawl with TJ and uh, the Bunny and Penelope Ford happened on Rampage. You'll so- sometimes you'll see a real like like a real banger of a match. Yeah. What I don't like is this new idea of, all right, well we gotta we we need to you know we we need to try to keep their attention. You know we can do all picture for the matches. So even if a match is seven minutes long we'll do picture in picture just to keep their attention. And now we're going to do four matches instead of the three, and we're going to cut out the intros mm-hmm. or the entrances for the wrestlers to start, and it'll be like an arcade game. Because I always said that if you look at the promos when they promoted Rampage when it started, it looked like basically a live-action video game. Yeah. Like, that was the idea. It was cool. And, and so it's like, ready, fight. And, yep. you know, they, they start Rampage, they're in the ring, bell rings, here we go. That's fine. I can understand you want to cut out the entrances. But if it's a, if it's for the sake of having shorter, less important matches with, like, with not-so-significant spots because you want to fit more people because your roster's so big, I've got a better idea, and I joked about it on the last show, but maybe they should look into it. How about you just have a third show? Right. Now, why don't you sell rights to that? Put it on True TV or something. Right, exactly. Like it's it's tough because it everything you said is is perfect. It's just everything feels rushed. Nothing feels important at all. It just feels like we got to get these guys time, but but their time doesn't matter. 
which is really the right. worst thing that That's could be. That's what happened to SmackDown for about seven or eight years. Yep, and once uh, once fans start viewing that, it's hard to shift that narrative. It's really yep. hard. You have to control your narrative. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no. Adam Schur is going to be on Rampage. But um, the other thing, too, is like, you know, Jordan, like, in, inherently, like, the biggest problem is they're not live, pal. Yeah. Like, it really a is tape tough. show is going to get a lesser rating. Let's be real. Yeah. Now, if you have something that's real, if you have a hot angle and you can promote it leading up to it being but they taped don't and ever. Being- <laughs> <laughs> no, the only time I can remember very recently was was the that that crazy brawl with women. That right. that was the one where it was like, oh, I gotta see that. Right. And I remember the ratings were okay, but the only time they really like loaded up on Rampage that I remember was when SmackDown got stuck on FS1 because of the World Series, yep. and they were trying to go overlay. They were trying to over um overrun it on Rampage, so Rampage loaded up their show with a punk match to yep. start. Yep. And that's the only time I remember and then Grand really Slam. Yeah. all in. And Grand Slam and then the the first dance. But overall, yeah, it's like diminishing returns and like their eighteen to forty nine rating was a point one four. That is the lowest one they've had. That is lower than NXT two And that's something that they've kind of has been a feather in their cap this whole run is the eighteen to forty nine. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I do think they're trying some things like like Hook, who started kind of as a meme and kind of turned into like a legitimately pretty decent wrestler. Like he is only on Rampage. Hook Hook does right. not appear on Dynamite. So it's kind of like that Danhausen tried to curse him and it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work at all. But again, <laughs> like, OK, cool. You only have Hook on there. But you've got him with QT Marshall. Like, come on, dude. Right. Like, like the, the segment this past week was they wanted to award him a certificate. And of then like, yeah, yeah, a certificate of achievement and. Uh, Hook just threw the guy's face into it, and the camera didn't even catch right. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it was so sloppy and bad. Like I don't know. And there's always, but there's always one good one. Now I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. like yeah. Jordan's not saying that Rampage is forgettable. Like don't see any of the matches. There's good stuff. There's yeah, good. When I, when I say it's there. forgettable, it's like it doesn't advance any of the major storylines ever. Right. Even if those guys appear, nothing significant. Like nothing significant. And the Adam Cole story happens on Rampage. Even on Dark, the one that's in Orlando most of the time at the soundstage, you see guy, you can see the people moving up because they they start winning more matches. Like sure. that's what I noticed with Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta started winning his matches, not losing them. Mm-hmm. So you see, like the you see the pecking order in on Dark. Now, do you see a lot of jobber matches? Yeah, of course you do. Whereas on Rampage, you know. You very rarely. The only upset I remember in the last two weeks was Dustin Rhodes getting a roll up on the Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer. Yep, that yep. was it. Yep. I mean, I guess, like you said, they still have good matches. Like Swerve and Ricky Starks was was a heck of a match. That Which, was good. I mean, big shock, right? <laughs> Ricky Starks match was good. Swerve match was good. <laughs> um, there's a really cool moment when uh, when Swerve is on the outside and Hobbs appeared out of nowhere and just trucked the dude. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone showed a before after picture of Hobbs when he first got there, like during oh, the I saw era. That. I saw and that, that. Oh my god, yeah. I couldn't believe the difference. The dude is putting in work. Like I am all in on creatine on is a hell Hobbs. of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all but in on Hobbs. I do. Uh, I know some people will try to like marginalize that of, oh, you just got all the black wrestlers feuding with one another. But yeah. you know what, Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs, give me some of that. Like yep. I'm glad that they're feuding with one another. Yep, yep. I want to see that. Um, but again, like I said, that was a good match. Like we're not saying that Rampage doesn't have good stuff if you sit down and watch it. What we're saying is, if if you missed Rampage this week and last week and even the two weeks prior to that, 
you miss nothing important long term. Right. Right. When was the last time a title change? Was that Cody? Yeah, Cody. At yeah, the end of the year. I, I think so. That might be the only title change that's happened on Rampage. You're probably right. You oh, know. no, wait a minute. The Impact title got changed on the first episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Chris, counts. Christian won that off uh, off Kenny Omega. Kenny, right. Yeah, so it's a title that wasn't even their company's. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem uh, in the sense of you never want your shows to be something that even your fans, and I consider myself an AEW fan, I think to myself, I like, I like to be home on Wednesday nights to watch Dynamite. Uh with Rampage, I'm always like, I can watch it on Saturday. And sometimes Saturday goes by and I still didn't watch it. And then Sunday afternoon, I'll be like, yeah, I guess I'll watch one of the matches. And it takes me days to get around to Rampage That's sometimes. A, like, I've looked at it, It's just like on a DVR. Like, Jordan, I'll just put it as an example. Like, if there's a – is there – when you have something in the microwave and it's done heating up, mm-hmm. like, if you wait too long to eat it, then clearly you didn't want to eat it. Right. <laughs> like, right. And that's how I feel sometimes about Rampage. Like, I record it because I love watching AEW. Right. But there are days where I'm like, eh, I can yep. move this over another day. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. And that's not a good thing. Like, you want that live plus seven. That's the whole point of plus seven. Mm-hmm. You got to watch within those seven days. And I know it's so crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. You didn't watch that show seven days later? Dude, we are – people have things to do. Right. Like, and there's a lot of options out there to watch and do other things. You know, it's and like you said, when it's taped, you know, I know before it even airs if it's matches I'm going to want to see, you know. <laughs> yeah, but there's always that one. And you know what, Jordan? Maybe the design of Rampage seeming forgettable makes those great ones stick out like a sure. sore thumb. Sure. You know. Yeah. But I, I don't know the necessary solution other than, like you said, a third show. If they want to have a show just to fill guys, then they need a third show and Rampage needs to – it needs to have some something important happen. Uh, maybe, maybe that's where Wardlow can finally powerbomb Sean Spears. Like that would be and a big deal, you know. And you don't want to call it an exclusive roster because that makes it sound like sure. a brand split. Yeah, yeah and nobody and wants do that. a brand split right now in AEW. No, I don't no, think no, that no. works. No. Yeah, even even Ring of Honor AEW thing is going to be tepid. You know, that's going to be a little. Eh, is it really? It's going to be too easy because, yeah. like, if, like let's say, like, let's fantasy book. Let's see, let's say Samoa Joe shows up and he's like a Ring of Honor figurehead. Yep. Well, Joe and Punk, you got to run it back. Yep. Like, like it's just too enticing. Yep. Joe, Joe and Cesaro got to fight Danielson and Moxley. Boom. You, you know, know what they need to do? They need to have the. They need to have Paul White run the Ring of Honor. <laughs> could it that be? Called, would be could it be called the Go Big Ring of Honor show? <laughs> Ring of Go Big. <laughs> the big shows the go, big. go big. Show. <laughs> the ring of Go Big shows big show go big of honor. <laughs> oh gosh, I do. I do say though, I love Mark Henry's uh, interviews before the main event of of Rampage. Dude, and- there was a great meme of him with Chris Rock and Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. The time. Wait, what's he always say? It's time. Yeah, that's enough talking. It's time for the main event. (laughs) There was one funny one I think I mentioned where uh, I think it was uh, Santana Ortiz and 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, and they were brawling. They like found each other and started brawling. Yeah, (laughs) and Mark Henry's like, I guess that's it. (laughs) 
But no, that is legit. I I mean, and like we said, it's like got that build up of like a, a a living arcade game where it's like side by side. Oh, here's this combatant. Here's this combatant. It's time to fight. Yeah. Like, and that's the idea. Like, you know, just catch the eyeballs as quick as you can. But it's on a late night on a Friday, which is a. It's always been a dead night for everything but sports, and this is not sports. It's sports entertainment, pal. And yeah. like, it's gonna. It's just hard to catch that attention. You're also coming off of like um, SmackDown, and you know WWE's catching eyeballs for their ratings, obviously, uh, compared to like other months for them because they're getting towards WrestleMania. And, and I think as we're headed into spring and even summer, especially Friday nights in summer is going to be. Even a tougher task to get people to stay at home. It's gonna be hard, especially when like the NBA kicks off. They kind of take over that part of it, and I I got a feeling that's gonna hurt. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, TNT. That's that's gonna move Rampage a couple times. I'm not. I I I can't. I don't have a crystal ball, but if I had to guess, Rampage is gonna get moved into the back alley of Friday nights at least a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something that we kind of keep our eye on. Like we still watch it, obviously, and stuff. But uh, again, I mean. We we haven't really hit match by match. We kind of save that for pay per views and things like that. And we don't have match by match previews or anything like that. We're just kind of jumping around. But I feel like we covered most of the stuff. One big rumor that uh, you and I had texted about is um, uh, the DDT promotion mentioned uh, working with AEW. So yet another company that uh, the forbidden door, so to speak. I have to tell you though, I'm not very familiar with DDT. I know that they're the hijinks heavy type of promotion. Yeah. That's all I. Know. So they are, but they're. If I'm, if I'm out, if I'm incorrect here, Chad Campbell will have to listen and correct me. I'm almost positive Pro Wrestling Noah owns DDT. Okay. So if DDT's door is open, that also opens the door for like Noah. You know, what that means, Eddie Kingston is probably happier than anybody for that because that means like Junakiyama. Could theoretically he wrestle loves, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, yeah, like that could be his dream well, match. Well, well, uh, Excalibur did bring it up on on one of the dark telecasts, and he called it also Tokyo Joshi Pro. Okay, and I don't know what that, that is. That might be the parent company that you know. Right, like I'm not exactly sure. I, someone like someone more well versed, like yeah. a Chad Campbell. But would DDT have is uh, uh, definitely an acquired taste. Uh, if you go I back heard to this, I know one thing. This is the one where a ladder won the championship. Yeah. Oh, not just that. Like Kota Bushi blew, wrestled the blow up doll, uh, and and an invisible wrestler. Um, yes. But if you go in the place to be nation archives uh, to Mission Indie Possible, me and Steve Willie and Glenn Butler did several live watches of DDT, like campfire wrestling, just goofy stuff. Like if you think like what the elite does is a little too, like if you're like a cornet guy. You're not gonna want to watch DDT. What about that? Uh, what about that Anderson Gallows thing? Worse than that? Uh, no, I don't think it's worse. I think it's actually funny. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. my my favorite DDT moment. And again, I don't know the performers' names. Um, there's a match, and a guy turned on his partner, and like as he's turning, the 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 arena goes black, and on like their Titantron you can see like his memories and it's like him with his friend and it's like this music's playing and they're like hugging and stuff. And then like he, he, he turns on him anyways and the ref goes for the pain. He goes one, two, and then it stops. And then you see the ref's memories and the ref is friends with the guys counting three. on. It's just, it's so goofy. I'll try and find it and send it to you off the air, but um, it's just so silly the, stuff the, like the that. Main, the main name they're looking at, and this is somebody who had actually been at the Daily's place um shows once once or twice like on a quick trip is a guy named i'm gonna butcher his name and i'm gonna try it 
Konosuke Takashita. Yes. It, so. Yeah. You could butcher it where it's called Take a Shit Up, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, you, you know, if they called him Take a Shit, he would be a GCW god. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shit up. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one that's rumored to be coming over. So uh, just a little interesting tidbit. You know, I don't think we'll see like a DDT engine or anything like that. But um, Kenny Omega obviously has some history there and other guys so um the noah connection i think is also interesting as well so um we mentioned jonathan gresham earlier we mentioned tony storm and athena which is ember moon's uh new in-ring might name. be somebody completely different from yeah. that three woman opponent yeah yeah um so i mean I, I i think ember moon is the one that makes the most sense to me um because she was on some indie shows with aew talent steve willie actually went to one in uh, his neck of the woods, and I uh, can't really remember. And they have a they have a pipeline. I know everybody makes fun of Booker T on Twitter, but um, they do have a pipeline with Reality of Wrestling, which is Booker yep. T's school. Yep, they've had a lot of their guys uh, guys and girls work as um um jobbers on Dark. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a connection there. Um, yeah. did you see the Vicky Guerrero Thunder Rosa segment? Yeah, that was a stinker. Yeah, that was. I think Nyla Rose is miscast right now. Like she's just like the she's like Kane. You know, like the first first title defense heel, and like I don't even know that she should be a heel anymore. You know, no. I, I think Nyla Rose has improved quite a bit. Well, she said some joke, not a joke, but she started digging into her about her green card. Yeah, basically said she's card. an immigrant. You know, like uh, an illegal immigrant. Basically, and I remember said. Rosa kind of looking around, almost like, uh, "Yeah, you weren't supposed to say that." Yeah, or yeah. something like that's not what was in the script. And then it led and- to Nyla Rose attacking her. Yeah. Right. Um, another small thing, uh, they, when Dustin Rhodes was getting beat down, getting the roll-up victory on, uh, Lance Archer, the, his students tried to come to his defense to no avail because the murder hawk is a yeah. psycho. He's just full of line and roll, yeah. They called them the Rhodes Wrestling Academy, not the Nightmare Factory. Oh, interesting. So I, I thought didn't get that, that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. I did catch Dan Lambert calling, uh, Ty Conti Lucha Horace. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good. He had another good one about how Tony Khan hasn't reached puberty yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, also, Regal's thing is called the. If you want to just talk about slogans, Regal's little initiation. They're calling it the slap of honor. The slap uh, of honor. All right. The slap of honor. I am honored to be slapped by this man. Uh, if Bret Hart slapped them, they might never wash their ha- face again. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, the other one is. <laughs> I love Bret Hart. I'm not in front of him. It's just they adore that man. And. The other one is that um, uh, when Jay Cargill uh, does the kiss, they mm. call it the kiss of doom. Yeah, kiss of doom. Not death, kiss of doom. I think I improperly called it kiss of death last episode. Um, right. Listen, there's one one more thing I want to mention before we get into You have uh, some questions set aside for me that I think will be fun to hit. Um, okay. The House of Black aren't really doing anything right now. But when they do do anything, they are so fluid and awesome. They just murdered Fuego del Sol, and it was a sight to behold. They are going to be on Rampage against Fuego del Sol again, along yep. with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. So yep. that should be fun. It was such I, a cool thing. We talked thing about where... how that match with, um, what's his face, Eric Redbeard was very good. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was so cool. Fuego was cutting a promo, and then the lights went out, and like one guy appeared. Then the second, then the third. But... uh Man, they they've got some really killer looking moves. Those guys. I thought we were I thought we were in a production of Rent for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but those guys like they they they've been treading water for a while. It feels like, but 
It doesn't they're still, matter. It, yeah, like, I was going to say, they're still YouTube exciting. Videos, people still watch them. Yeah, right? like, you could still put them against anybody, and the crowd probably thinks they're going to win. Like, and their stuff just looks vicious, and it's timed so well. Like, and they'll it's throw an audible... a dude into, into Murphy just hitting him with a knee. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, um, like I, I, on NBA, uh, Rob Perez, who's like, I don't know if you know him, he's like a big mm-hmm. uh, NBA Twitter aggregator. He calls him when, like, when the opposing crowd knows that uh, a shot's going in that's going to put him away he calls it the like the he calls it the the yell of death and that's almost the death that's almost the yell that comes out of the crowd when house <laughs> of black shows up it's yep. like oh someone's about to die yeah yeah <laughs> and that's a good and that's a good reaction that's yeah. a, that's the reaction that you want when you're a heel the other one who's getting positive reactions regardless of how they portray themselves yep. is the acclaimed yep. the acclaimed get big pops i've been on that hype train for a while haven't i you have. You had that one correct. Yep. Yeah, they're 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 really starting to click. I, I think Bowen's Max Caster is the one obviously with the promos, but I think Bowen's is so much better in the ring. Like mm. he's he's so much better. But yeah, yeah he's got that uh, we talked about this. He has that Chris Canyon vibe where he tries to do everything different. He did this weird one where he had a guy backwards and he did the like the he did the fireman's carry. But yep. he had instead of having him over his shoulder, he had him he hooked him behind his back almost like a Almost like um um like a like a vertebraker, yeah. but he held on to him and just like tw- like spun him around. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, I really enjoy them. Um, but you got some questions for me. I was reading these before we went on the air. I'm like, these are good. All right, here's the first <laughs> question. Uh, what should be the proper punishment for Excalibur comparing Brandon Cutler to Charles Oakley? Well, I think the slap of honor is the only thing that. <laughs> Does Will Smith give to give him that? <laughs> and Miss Piggy. And, well, and... if Charles Oakley knew what Excalibur said in PWG, he would definitely have slapped him. But I'm not going any further than yeah, that. We right? can go to the next one. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is the weirdest place that you've ever watched professional wrestling? I was thinking about that one for like a week because you put this I one in the notes a while ago. I said that watching it because this was so like this was so like I am all like. <sighs> Everything is happening at the same time for me moment yeah. where Rampage came on after the NCAA tournament game because that was a first round game on TBS when they had when it was throughout the entire family of the Turner and CBS networks. So they said they kept promoting it. They I will give AEW credit. They tried to promote it and say it's after the game. They well, clearly they don't understand that college basketball games never end on time. Oh yeah, they're so long after review after review after fucking review so this game did not finish until like what midnight something like that. <laughs> yep. eastern time so yeah the the we, i was watching rampage in a casino bar it was just the weird thing because i actually asked the bartender to keep it on she said sure yeah and i'm laughing when my, my wrestling soulmate ryan saying look at this we're watching AEW in a fucking bar <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my answer that is in my mother-in-law's house. Mine is about as different as a casino bar as you can get. I remember watching WCW Nitro at uh, church summer camp. <laughs> uh, it was in 1998, and it was like at the height of WCW's popularity. And we were at summer camp for our like our high school church group uh, when Goldberg fought Hogan, and word got out that one of the camp directors had cable in his cabin. And like thirty of us crowded in the cabin to watch Goldberg pin Hulk Hogan on a Monday night. I, I just the first I was night about of camp. To say, I hope it wasn't the Austin gets crucifixed uh, <laughs> yeah, segment. No, no. You would have got kicked out of school. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it was Goldberg beating Hulk Hogan. And it was also like way after curfew, too, because that show ended like that was a three hour nitro. So it ended had to have ended at 11 and curfew was at 10 at that, those camps. So we were all in our press yeah. curfew. And so. it's a bunch of it's a bunch of like pimple infested. Yeah, we like, just go to church. Horny teenagers in church camp. Of course, they're going to tell everybody to suck it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. They're going to yeah. want to rebel. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was wearing my APA always pounding ass shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the only funny, the, the thing about church, like I did a church retreat one time for my Catholic school. The only thing I found really strange as I grew up is that they showed us, a, they showed us a video talking about uh, forgiveness. Mm. And it was, um, it was the opening scene to the Godfather. <laughs> what? It was when uh, the man is begging Don Corleone to um, to help him with oh. a with a favor on my daughter's and, uh, wedding day or whatever. Right, and I was like, you know, this is a movie about mafia people killing other people. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't forgive everyone like you think he does. <laughs> no, he cho- he did choke on an apple like Adam did, but <laughs> or an orange wasn't it an orange? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he puts the oranges in his mouth to scare his grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to impersonate Carlito, but right. um, <laughs> I spit in the face of people. Wasn't QT Marshall eating an or- like an apple for a little while? Yep. Yep. Yeah. When, when he was with Peter Avalon, I think was with him then. Pretty Pete. Yep. yep. All right. Next question is: Do they need a music producer other than Mikey Ruckus? Yeah, I think so. I think themes are a bit lacking in uh, AEW. The ones that, that stand out, theme, the ones that th- Keith theme is terrible. Yeah, the ones that stand out are the ones that aren't AEW songs, like Moxley's and Jericho's and Daniels Danielson's. You know, um, the Dynamite in Detroit is going to be Little Caesar. Arena does that mean Nick Cage is going to be there? I think it means he will be barred from the arena. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you want proof that AW is a hot ticket, I bought tickets off StubHub, like so secondary tickets for the Pistons mm-hmm. uh, over a week ago. I bought four okay. tickets, mezzanine, first row, pretty good seats, paid a hundred bucks for four tickets. I looked the same section for Dynamite on StubHub, and I'd be paying two hundred fifty bucks each. So a thousand bucks if I wanted to. They're do at that. nine. They're at nine thousand right now. Yeah. Um, I think I think the capacity's twelve. They might get there. Yeah. Here's the kill. Here's we talked about this um at the tail end of the last show. This one's crazy. Um, the the Las Vegas show is selling out. It's not a shock. That's a pay per view week. Yeah. The forum in Los Angeles, thirteen thousand. Yep. Already. Yep. In L.A. Yep. That's nuts. And uh, yeah, AEW coming to Detroit, and there and we're we're getting a Dynamite slash Rampage, so that's cool. I try. Uh, this is off topic. I tried to get a Final Four ticket, but I just couldn't make it work. Mm, that's I try because so cool it's in the soup. It's in my neck of the woods. It's have you ever gone to one before? No, never have. Neither, did really you get cool. to go to the one in Detroit that they had? Nope, nope, no. I did not. I, I, Michigan I, State I, was in that Final Four too, I think. But I don't know what the feeling is in there. I know they do a really good job of getting the student section, the fan sections together. Um. But I don't really know what the vibe is, especially right. if you're in the tents, you know. Right. Right. I bet it would have been fun to see, like, I mean, and not, not to be a mark, not to mark out too much about Duke Carolina, but, like, you'll never see that again. Right. That is, like, I'm. this is like Roxena. Like, this is legit. That is once in a lifetime. Right, right. Like, you'll never see that again. Right. Uh, next question. What if, <laughs> so, this is a rumor that Andrew sent me via Twitter. These are the texts I get from Andrew Reich. <laughs> the rumor is that young Sheldon is going to have a big 
twist this season. Sheldon, of course, is the TV show based off Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory, which leads into Dynamite, which is why we're talking about it now. One of the big twists in young Sheldon is that he grows up to be Hangman Page, Darby Allen, or MJF in an alternate universe. Actually, I, I take that back. He grew up to be Tony Khan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> young, young Sheldon is Tony Khan. Is he from Champaign, Illinois? Is young Sheldon from Champaign, Illinois? Yeah, right. He's somewhere in Texas, so maybe Stone Cold did Steve his, Austin. Did his, did his dad create a famous car part? <laughs> Because I don't know if you, I don't know if people know this. That's how Shahid Khan got his money. Yeah, yep. He created this like universal car part that literally every car in the world has to have. Wow, and that's how he made his money. Have you heard? Have you heard like the the internet thing that was going around a couple weeks ago? What's what's what are there more of in the world? Wheels or doors? No. <laughs> yeah. so that was a thing that caught everybody's attention. Is this for, like, is, this like is the dress blue or green thing? Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> what are what are there more of? What would you say? Gut reaction. Are there more wheels or doors in this world? Yeah. No, what's your answer? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, Wheels. That's what I thought, too. My wife has insisted that it's doors, but I think it's wheels. Are they? Are, are any of the doors forbidden? <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is a question for Andrew. If Andrew purchases Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, after attending an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view in 2022, does he officially have a problem? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's just a committed fan. Uh, I, okay. I wouldn't blame you for buying Supercard of Honor. I think I think all those matches will probably deliver. I don't really – I've well, never you seen know, Willow. Well, you know what you can always do with your your spouse for all those that, for for the the wrestling fans who have to talk their way through things yeah. with their purchases. Just research, right? <laughs> it's for the podcast. It's research. <laughs> no, I no, but there was a moment there before I realized the complicated because it's not on linear pay per view. The Super Card of Honor. Mm, I didn't it, know that until just recently. It's on the it fight. Out? It's on the Honor Club Fight TV app. Oh, okay, yeah, that's so like I'm like I'm not going I'm not going through hoops like that. Um. Yeah. I'll just wait for a riff. Uh, I mean, hate to say that, but yeah. yeah. No, um, I don't mind. I'm with you. But I'm yeah, with you. I did go to the Impact Wrestling page. I've mentioned mentioned it before. Like, there's less of, I've, I keep saying there's less people that went to it the further I get away from it. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like, the point where it's just him. <laughs> Andrew yeah, it, was just me, it was just me and Brian and, like, <laughs> two other people. <laughs> Josh Alexander. <laughs> but, you know, I will say, like, someone was talking about Speedball Mike Bailey's book for a lot of these WrestleMania Week indie shows. Like, mm-hmm. he's just booked beyond belief. I saw him in Impact yeah. uh, in that show, and he was, he's a good one. That's the one who beat, who lost to Daniel mm-hmm. Garcia when Daniel Garcia yeah. won the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, that always seems to be, like, the sign. The guy who's booked at the most shows by the next year, he's in WWE, although That's what now with yeah. AW. Yeah, oh, and also yeah, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Riddle was at a million of those shows, and then next year he's showing up at, at NXT Takeover in the crowd. Off topic, um, I did see the last two weeks of Raw, but Matt Riddle, <laughs> Matt Riddle is by far the best part. He's he so is good. so good. Yeah. Yes, I love him. Uh, I have a Matt Riddle shirt somewhere in my closet that I'm too fat to wear anymore. But <laughs> he, he is him and Orton together are terrific. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is a good question. I'm going to add a cav- a second part to it. Why does every feud in AEW seemingly start with the younger wrestlers meeting their heroes at autograph sessions? And <laughs> and if you were an AEW wrestler, who would that mean you are feuding with? Meaning, who did who did you get an autograph of as a child? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know, that's that's what we need to you know what's you know what'd be funny? If AW wrestlers had autograph sessions and they met the older wrestlers who are big fans of them. Yeah, right. 
That would be funny. Like if Bret Hart went to Dax Harwood's autograph signing <laughs> as I, a troll. <laughs> I think that's proof that I'm never going to be in AEW because one wrestler that I know I got their autograph of uh, is Miss Elizabeth, and I don't think she'll be on AEW anytime soon. I don't like, man, you, you know, th- this cancel culture's got to stop. we got to stop doxing all these wrestlers when they were young. Yeah. Look at this faced uh, MJF looking at my autograph sign while I was like hopped up on hopped up on roids right. <laughs> when I was thinking about wrestling Kane on some random crap ass Smackdown and the other one is uh, John Silver um, who met J- uh, Chris Jericho randomly mm-hmm. at an autograph signing they showed a picture of it yep, saw that. and then and then there was a video of I think you mentioned a private party like cranking out to uh, Hardy Boys yep 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 and I mean there has to be somebody with Sting we just haven't heard about at this point. Oh, my, it, all of them. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, we do a combination of them. Yeah. Next question is, since the Final Four is full of Blue Bloods, so we mentioned that earlier, I mean, big, big name college teams, and it's on TBS, should they bring out Mikey Ruckus to sing a death metal version of the techno club song Blue? I'll go you one better. Not only should they do that, they should also have a crossover with CBS's hit show Blue Bloods, and Tom Selleck <laughs> should become All Elite. That's what I think. Well, you know, if Tom Selleck went all elite, then, then WWE's dead because Blue Bloods trumps SmackDown in the Friday rating. Oh, Blue and Bloods I, is not, the rating. I'm not monster. making that shit up, fellas. That yeah. is true. That is a shoot. What if Tom Selleck was all elite, but WWE signed his mustache? Who would be the real ratings draw? <laughs> my dad. My dad loved Tom Selleck. Loved oh yeah, I mean, he was like you know a another huge one he star. loved who is now like like Peacock's like. Hero on their streaming service is Kevin Costner on Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. He loved Kevin Costner. Yep. Uh, the the thing, the only thing that's funny about that song "Blue" was I was thinking about it is like me and my friend always had a debate when I was younger of the the lyric. Yeah, and I always thought it was just "da ba dee da ba da." He always thought it was if I was me, I would die. I always thought and it was, was without like, the beat, I would die. Yeah, and I was, and I, I always told him, I, was like, I think that's a problem with you, not the song. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> If I was me, I would die. Well, you are. <laughs> can you can you hear Mickey Mickey Mikey Ruckus doing? If I was me, I would die. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, he he's dead. But if Lemmy from Motorhead came out, if I was me, I would die. No, like 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 I mean, I'm not trying to crap on him as a producer. He's done some great stuff. Tony Khan complimented him. He's working on the video game, which, by the way, some stills leaked. Um, so that's coming. Oh, soon. really? I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah, and then there's also a rumor that WWE is done with 2K and that they're going with EA. Yeah, so. I well, I what I had heard was it was dependent on how this one that just came out was received. Right. And it's still a little too early to tell. But I'm not because, a video game because they're not. One, a... They didn't have one last year. They didn't have a 21, but 20 2K20 was just like people call it like one of the worst wrestling games ever. It was the, so crappy. The one, the only fact that I did read is that the people that are developing the game, I don't know the game developer for the AEW one, but that they are the ones that worked on the SmackDown versus Raw games. I think it would be, I think it would be Ukes, I think. Okay, then that's who it is. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that sounds, sounds like something Kenny Omega just wants to work on all by himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's but. why Kenny took a break so he could work on this video. The other thing, too, is that, and this was interesting, I don't think we ever talked about this, but Forbes did an article about um, um, AEW Tony Khan, that was supposedly the the one where he had that quote where he was like, I book everything, I do everything, yeah, and yeah. it kind of rubbed a lot of the EVPs the wrong way. But anyways, there was a quote that came, or uh, uh, a little bit of information that came out of that article that basically they were going to operate in the red because of the, the, video the, game. Pri- 
the video game. So yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting that nobody knew about, and everybody was up in arms, like, how can you operate in the red? I'm like, you do realize Netflix operates in the red. Right. I mean, WWE, <laughs> like, the, the network for the first two years was, like, a loss leader for them. Like, the network right. lost money. Like, how can you operate in the red? Because you have the advanced payments from the subscriptions and the yep. revenue streams. Yep. That's yep. why. Exactly. That's how it, what's funny, though, this is, like, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. If WCW or Turner's people had that kind of foresight to say, you know, we can operate in the red and still make money mm-hmm. by having these like revenue deals down the down the line. WCW never would have died. Right. I, it, it just came to one person saying, nah, I don't want it. Right. Right. Uh, one last question. You mentioned down the rabbit hole. Uh, Easter has the Easter Bunny. Christmas has Santa Claus. Why doesn't April Fools have its have its own mascot? And I think the answer is uh, because he's the the president of the United States up until last year. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cancel culture, please don't cancel us. <laughs> no, I'm trying to, uh, like, who, who would be a great, oh, it, it should be Rick Astley. It should be Rick oh, Roll. yeah. Absolutely. Or, Rick Astley or Vince be the Russo. Of April Fool's Day. Or Vince Russo. Vince <laughs> Russo. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, Listen, I mean, I think we got through most of it. Um, if you've been listening saying, what the heck am I supposed to have been watching? I listen to you guys and tell me what to watch. I would tell you, watch anything Brian Danielson and John Moxley for the past couple weeks. I would I would say my favorite match of the last two weeks was probably Adam Cole versus Jay Lethal. What, what about you? Um, Yeah, for me, let me take a glance. I, I really did enjoy... Um, that that one where uh, it was uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley against the best friends. Yeah, I, awesome. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Punk you, Harwood. Yeah, Punk I was going to say you mentioned good. Punk and Harwood earlier. That was a good one. Yeah, and one very random one, but two guys that uh, I, you talked about how you like one of these guys, um, Serpentico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a really nice short match with Lee Moriarty on Elevation. Okay, like Lee Moriarty, he's going to be on that Ring of Honor show against Lethal. Yeah, he's so freaking. Good. If AEW, if, if AEW do you want does your mind blown and know his age, sure. He's um, seventy five years oh, okay. old. I think if AEW wants to do something with Moriarty on screen, I think he could be a nice lackey for Danielson and Moxley too, because he kind of mm-hmm. fits there the Danielson mold. What's funny is we kind of like daydream about all these guys that fit the Danielson mold. We need some guys that fit the John Moxley mold to kind of. Yeah, fall in line too. We need like I a did wild like, guy. I will say Moxley calling Danielson the perfect wrestler was really revealing. Yeah, like it's almost like it's almost like I'm not trying to like mark out too much over Danielson. It's getting to the point where his greatness is undeniable. Mm-hmm. Where like like almost that jo- late '90s Jordan phase where it's like, yep, yeah, you're the greatest. Yep. We know it. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. And what's what's so awesome about him though too is like. Every time you see him, you you're it just you feel justified in thinking that, like he doesn't take days off. He's still, I don't know, he's just so good. He's so freaking good. Um, yeah, but that's about it, man. Um, a couple weeks of decent TV, nothing like earth shattering for once. No major, gigantic, super incredible big news items. Uh, we got pay per views still a way away. Um, I think Battle of the Belts is coming before that. So we're just... There's a lot of the activities going on on the other side. Yeah, this so is, this is WWE's big moment. Yeah, and AEW's not going to piggyback it, which is fine. Like, yeah. it, like that's the whole. I, I, I mean, you have to draw your battle lines, and that's how it's going to be. So, like, you just keep your stuff. You're busy enough with your own things. We literally just did two hours talking about pretty much everything that's going on, and had 
almost nothing to do with what WWE is doing. So right. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there you have it. Hopefully, uh, if you're if you're in Dallas this weekend and you're driving around, going from show to show, maybe you're listening to us. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as always, I tell you to subscribe to the to the podcast feed because not just our show, but there's a lot of good shows out there. I really like Wrestling Warzone with Justin and Chad. Um, it, it's a topic that you wouldn't think like okay. Not to like <laughs> mock them. There's a million shows out there that that cover I the love, Attitude um, Era. I love behind the connection. Yeah. Now, yeah. Maybe Justin's it's very, interview it's show. It's very yeah. meta for all of us because we know each other. But I always enjoy what I enjoy the conversational part of it. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. Walk like, while they watch something that they really really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's cool know? about it. Is like uh, if, if if you haven't listened to that, what if that is? Is Justin uh, kind of has on the regular podcasters and a lot of us we get out here we just talk about wrestling you might not know anything about us and like what makes us who we are or what got us into wrestling and that's sort of like a learning learning the podcast it's a whole can to. of worms yeah. yeah so uh there's a there's a few episodes of that i think steve willie's tapped in for one coming up pretty soon oh so. i can't wait to listen to steve willie is my ratings draw like if steve willie oh yeah somehow, <laughs> now what <laughs> what about main event i heard that we have been challenged to go to the two episode 200 mm, really well, yes. we ain't coming alone because uh, they're sports entertainers, but we're the uh, backwoods crock or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, "Well, Scott supposedly said that the Bayou, the the Bengal, the Bayou, or whatever he calls me, <laughs> he brings in the ratings, and and Jordan is just Jordan's just happy to be." Well, I'm not trying to pick a fight. Well, you know me; I'm always Mister Happy based off of my run on that show. <laughs> no. Well, well, just to just to just to let everybody know, I will I will be away, but I I do have I will announce right now yeah. my special guest fill in yes. on the next. Yeah, you next won't be episode. with us in episode sixteen. Yes, would I will announce it to you right now. It is Paul White. That's right. Next ep- hey. episode sixteen, <laughs> the go big big. You know what that big means. <laughs> I will be um as you are speaking about whatever is going to be going on on Dynamite. I will probably be on the Tower of Terror. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Andrew's going to be on vacation. Trying to, trying to scope out those. Trying to scope out those darks. See how that ROH talent is cooking. Right. <laughs> Andrew's going to get an autograph of somebody. So in twenty years, he can feud with them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sixty. I'm going <laughs> to. Well, somebody, it's got to be Terry Funk. I think he's the only guy old enough at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry. Still yeah. kicking. He is. So, good for him. But, yeah, Andrew won't be with us next episode. So, uh, 15 together is good. Uh, one apart, I think we can survive. And if we have to invade main event, uh, we'll do it. Um, but we will be back together, the two of us, in four weeks. I will be back in two weeks with a mystery co-host. Uh, all I will say is that his name has been mentioned already tonight. That's right. It's Excalibur. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Andrew, enjoy your vacation. Uh, served. Enjoy your time off. Have fun. Don't puke on any right. rides. And no. good luck trying to get on that Star Wars stuff, man. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot. I, I, the rides are probably awesome, but the deal to get on them sounds like something that I would just want to... I, I don't have any hair because I'm bald, if, but if I had it, I'd rip it out. <laughs> if I if I walk up to the person in front of me and slap him across the face, I'm just gonna say, I get ahead of him? Yeah, if you see Kylo Ren, give him the slap of honor. <laughs> 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 That's what 
love to tell people. I was like, no, no, no. That was that was no disrespect. That was a slap of honor. Just go, no, I'm working. We're working an angle here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, again, as always, we we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Uh, we're not a WWE show, but we hope you enjoy WrestleMania weekend because wrestling is wrestling. And uh, hopefully, you can find. If you're not an AEW guy and you listen to our show, we appreciate that. Uh, we hope you like something. If it's Super Card of Honor, Blood Sport, one of these many other shows, even if Kaiju Big Battle is your thing, uh, wrestling is awesome. Wrestling is great, and we like to talk about it. So for Andrew, I'm Jordan. We'll see you in a bit. Take care.